Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to this Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville. 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show and be a part of the program today on facebook live and youtube we are guest free in hour number one so we want to hear from you your thoughts on east carolina cincinnati we'll talk a lot about kickoff times specifically for east carolina houston which has not been announced officially yet but we do have some options some windows so we will discuss that for the pirates last home game senior day senior night coming up next week at dowdy ficklin stadium we'll dive into that we've got mike houston's press conference we'll give you that audio coming up in hour one on the flight by yingling ecu report also uh some hoops on the horizon as ecu basketball gets underway on thursday the college basketball season or on tuesday the college basketball season has already tipped off watch baylor win earlier today by 50 in a game against mississippi valley state so uh games going on all day long today and the pirates will play their first one coming up tuesday night seven o'clock we'll talk to cy seymour he'll be on the call on espn plus all season long for home games for east carolina so we'll talk to cy coming up at four o'clock get his thoughts on this basketball team a lot of unknowns does cy have any answers for us we'll find out at four o'clock at 4 30 We'll talk to former Pirate catcher Jake Washer. Just had a successful minor league season with the Cubs organization. He will be in town this weekend at the 2022 Down East Hitting Camp. Uh, Ryan Meadows joined us last week to talk about that. He kind of puts the whole thing together. Jake Washer going to be one of the coaches uh, who will be helping out the kids this weekend. So we'll catch up with Jake Washer at 430. Of course, coming off the uh, Purple Gold World Series over at Clark LeClaire Stadium this weekend. Brian Bailey joins us at 5 o'clock, and we'll hear from ECU head basketball coach Mike Schwartz as he met with the press earlier today for the final time before the Pirates tip it off in 2022, his first game as head coach coming up on Tuesday night. All right, Shirley Rhodes is here, Chandler Honeycutt here as well. How y'all doing? Hey, Clipper, how are you? How was your weekend off? Hold on. I asked you a question, and you just fired back two right at me. It's not about me. No one. I want to know about you. It's not about me. No one cares about how I'm doing. Question one, doing great. Question two, it was great. Awesome. Yep. It was great. Uh, Nobody cares. No. Nobody nobody cares what you did. No one cares. No one asked. Nobody asked. I'm doing good, though. I'm doing good. <laughs> good to hear. I'm doing good after a uh, much-needed off weekend yeah. for us and for ECU football. Nine straight football games. Got that break that we needed. And now it's off to Cincinnati. It's on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. I saw uh, – I was at a stoplight on Surdy, uh heading to AJ's to watch some of Tennessee and Georgia mm-hmm. and saw that Alan Thomas had uh, taken Shirley Rhodes' Mustang – 
he had the top down mm-hmm. and uh he said a phrase and i said you know what alan we have really matured because we went an entire week without playing the old coach rough quote gonna be Dolph from a press conference went all week last week and i i knew i thought about it we should beat off but i i said you know what i um you know i celebrated a, a birthday i'm getting up there in age getting older time to put down the kids toys. enough of the silly mess enough of I, that I, I mean enough of that it's time to get the it's no more mr silly guy it's all business guy now business guy business in the front business in the back yep business everywhere no party no party anywhere so we went the entire week without playing that quote we should beat off and i'm proud of it i'm proud of that somebody said that we should play it and maybe it was alan thomas maybe he uh came in here last week one day last week and said i can't remember but yeah i'm i'm, I'm surprised we didn't play that audio bit uh audio audio by at least once last week but we didn't because we are all business here and um if you were at the stoplight and heard two grown men saying that phrase to one another that is why it was about football and only football all right um man we got a lot to get into adam says all right pirate nation this is the week we go and slap some bearcats around i want to do a very early in the week vibe check on ecu cincinnati so get that ready chandler okay josh says clipper happy game week a w friday night will be huge for this team absolutely it will be huge for a number of reasons and john moody says hope this week goes by freaky fast that is a reference to john seeing me while i was getting lunch earlier today so folks can fill in the blanks on that one uh chime in uh, on facebook on youtube on twitter with what is on your mind today what is on a lot of people's minds is the kickoff time because not everybody lives in winterville in my case or right literally at the doorstep of dotty ficklin like chandler's case uh some people are out of towners and have to make plans to come to dotty ficklin stadium on home game day saturdays so we always get that kickoff time uh a couple weeks in advance a week and a few days in advance well we did not this time that is the price of being a good football team playing big games in november that they uh instead of using the 12 day window put you on that six day window and it looks like uh the ecu houston time will be announced on saturday rather than uh today so we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer for that now there are options out there as you start to you got all the puzzle pieces which are the scheduled games your puzzle itself are networks and kickoff times and agreements and what conference plays on what network and all that and then you got to try to piece them together the best you can to, to figure it out so uh houston their official athletics website has put out some potential times for this game just saw this I like, I like the first option. It says the American Athletic Conference has announced ESPN will utilize a six-day window to determine the broadcast network and time slot for Houston's game uh, November 19th against East Carolina. Uh, the Cougars and Pirates will kick at either, and I, I don't know if I've ever seen this kickoff time before, in Greenville, North Carolina. I, this could be starting a Bud Light pregame tailgate at an hour at a time we never have before that i can recall and what hour is that 
somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. That would be an 11 a.m. kickoff time in Greenville, North Carolina on ESPN2, which would mean we get underway 7 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. By the way, that's 10 a.m. Central Time for those uh, Coog fans. Uh, So that is one of the options. Another option is 4 o'clock Eastern Time, which will give us a noon kickoff here on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, but a 4 o'clock kickoff on ESPNU, that is on the table. Or also an ESPN Plus, which I guess could be kicked off whenever the heck you want to. Right. A time to be determined later on espn plus so this is coming from the official houston cougars website uh the athletics website as they talk about potential kickoff times for ecu and houston now for us that 11 o'clock kick to use a fake matt rule phrase for us Uh, for us at the end of the day at the end at the end of the day uh i'm all over that 11 o'clock kickoff i too i love it but you don't care what i like and you shouldn't you should care what you like i know a lot of folks out there would prefer a kickoff time later than that i guess uh you know three thirty is the sweet spot uh but four o'clock would be right there in that sweet spot as well as one of the options for espnu so uh just throwing that out just passing along the information that we are awaiting on that kickoff time but there are some uh options there I would personally love the 11 o'clock kick. Now, it's going to be brutal to get up at that early of the morning and be here and, and start a show at 7 a.m., but, you know, could you imagine? Could you imagine, Clip Rock, being done with the fifth quarter calling show at around, I'd say, 4, 4.30-ish? Mm, man. Chef's kiss. Man, man, man. Um. So that's kind of what I'm rooting for. That's actually what I'm rooting for. Definitely what I'm rooting for. At least there's some options out there. And I guess, like you said earlier, if it's if they go the ESPN Plus route, then it's basically any kind of time. Yeah, if they go that route, it would probably be 3.30 or later, I would imagine. Right. Whatever they can get the most fans in there to watch a game. Maybe a sixer. You know, we've had sixers earlier this year mm-hmm. with Campbell and ODU, right? Right. So that they seem to like that time uh redbeard says although with the weather you know maybe cooler maybe you do 3 30 whatever right about two o'clock two o'clock is perfect game's over at 5 30 ish fifth quarter over eight o'clock hour right, let's go two o'clock folks let's do a, a good old compromise how do we feel about that let's go plus and let's go two o'clock um earlier i said senior day or senior night redbeard chimes in and says or senior morning if it kickoff is at 11 a.m., that is the morning. So uh, that is a possibility. What would be your preferred kickoff time? Let us if, know. If the kickoff is at 11 o'clock, they will be announcing seniors around 1045-ish. <laughs> yeah. 1050-ish. Get your breakfast sandwich and a cup of coffee and get ready to say goodbye to Holt Naylor's and Xavier Smith and Miles Berry and those guys. Isaiah Winstead. Ryan Jones. Uh, that's all I can think of right now. I'm not ready to say goodbye to Isaiah Winstead. I want him to keep doing shows on Monday. By the way, yeah, I guess uh, next week we'll have a little scary clapback on Isaiah. Yes, sir. A, a diss track. He better be ready. 
no players lounge today why because it is a short week we're going back to the friday night lights taking on the cincinnati bearcats coming up this weekend cincinnati coming off a victory over the navy midshipmen where yeah they got the job done they did something ecu couldn't do and that's get the job done against navy it was not overly impressive but it doesn't have to be a win's a win uh, and the Bearcats were able to get it done this weekend, twenty to ten. By the way, I mentioned Houston a moment ago. Did any? Did y'all see what happened to Dana's team the other night? Um, did they play that game on a basketball court with a basketball? It was a great basketball preview, as Houston almost allowed Big Twelve touchdowns, but instead they gave up Big Eleven, seventy-seven to sixty-three. Yes, that was the final score of their game against smu so now houston has two losses let's take a look at the um the standings real quick talk about what ecu needs to do what needs to happen so tulane uh right now has a uh, undefeated conference market five and ucf cincinnati sitting at one loss apiece showdown this weekend between the green wave and ucf and we want UCF to get that second loss. We want Cincinnati to get their second loss on Friday night when East Carolina plays them. SMU uh, has two losses, and so does Houston. But if ECU can take care of Houston, that would give them three losses. Here's what SMU has the rest of the way. They have South Florida on the road. They'll win that one. But they play at Tulane. Uh, so right now, we are big Tulane fans, right? We yes. need Tulane to beat UCF. We need Tulane to beat SMU. And we need to take care of our business. And if my math and brain waves are correct, that would be enough to get East Carolina in with a uh, five and two, six, six and two conference mark. Man, going back to a conference championship since two thousand nine would be awesome. And yeah, I, I was paying, I was glued to that Memphis UCF game the other day. Uh, what a great game that was. Boy, Memphis just got broke that Friday night against Houston, didn't they? Where they had it and then uh, gave yeah. up a touchdown, onside kick, gave up another score. Then they come here. And lose in four overtime. They're up 17 to nothing. They lose. They, I mean, they have been in a free fall, a complete tailspin since that. And did I see this, and is it correct? But if Memphis was to knock off UCF on Saturday, that then the Pirates would control their own destiny the rest of the way? I thought that's what I saw. Well, uh, it would, I guess, depend on SMU and their two losses. I don't know how that tiebreaker would work with them not playing one another. Right. So but we are we are Tulane fans and Corey Glor. With that, one hello. thing we are, one thing we are is Corey Glor fans. Um, Should we see if we get Corey on this week to give him some good vibes, good I, mojo? I mean, or would that be bad mojo? I don't know. Should I mean, we stay away? We did talk to the guy two times the week of the Tulane game because he decided to call into the fifth quarter Colin show. Yeah, and Tulane won. That is right. I mean, yeah, let's uh, let's talk to him. They're one and zero when we talked to Corey Glore the week of the game. Hmm. But ECU lost. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm in a pretzel. Now we're in a pickle. I don't know, man. Now I don't know what the heck to do. By the way, you just mentioned South Florida a while ago. They are, without a head coach, they fired Jeff Scott yesterday, who only had one FBS win in his three years 
at South Florida. So Jeff Scott out with with the Bulls, and they'll be having to look for another head coach. Hmm. Yeah, they stink. Really bad. One FBS win in three years. Michael uh, Winstead, I almost tweeted you yesterday, Michael. Michael says, I like 4 p.m., 11 a.m. is too early. I'm two and a half hours away, so he needs to get here. Um, but, Michael, I would like, Chandler, can we add Aaron Rodgers to the dumpster juice list? Absolutely. You throw three interceptions against the Lions, the worst defense in football. You are on the list. You can put him at or near the top if you want to. Pitiful. We'll talk NFL later on in the show. Johnny likes to give us some uh, interesting factoids and stats. He says, hopefully this streak is fixing to end. Cincinnati has scored a defensive touchdown in each of the last four meetings with the Pirates. Well, one of those special teams, I guess. He says, three pick sixes and a blocked field goal returned for a touchdown. Mm. That is a streak I was unaware of and one that we need to snap immediately uh, coming up on Friday night. Josh says, please, God, no. 11 a.m. kickoff. Give me that 4 p.m. Rick says, 4 p.m. is a winner for us party people. Um, hmm. Hmm. Johnny says, ECU can still host the AAC championship game. SMU would need to beat Tulane. Now. Don't we need, we just need Tulane to beat Wait, I'm I'm so confused. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that math checks out with Tulane because they're undefeated right now. What are we saying? If Tulane like loses all of their games remaining and they have three losses, I don't know. I feel like the easiest path, maybe don't worry about home. It's just ECU win and Tulane win, and we're happy, right? Am I wrong? Do we not agree? Do we not agree? I think I'm right on that. Somebody tell me if I'm right or wrong. Talking about hosting games. Now we're getting too far. Beggars can't be choosers. Just take care of business on Friday night. Speaking of that, I don't know why, but I have a very a very positive feeling about Friday night. I do too. Do you? Yeah. Why? You're coming off a of bye week. Everybody's rested. But there is a thing that I worry about is that Cincinnati's coming back home after a bad loss to UCF. They're going to be... Well, they just beat Navy. I mean... They're still thinking about that loss? Could be. Okay. All right. Fair. Could be. All right. Because, I mean, they were kind of in the driver's seat at that point, weren't they? To what? To a path to the conference championship. Yeah. And, I mean, they still are. Right. Didn't you say they squeaked by Navy? Or twenty to ten wasn't necessarily a squeaker, yeah. but it was not a hammer down. I feel good about this game. I really do. I, I like, and I think I saw it opened up as a six and a half point um, Cincinnati favorite. I believe I saw somewhere where it is already down to five. Money is coming in on the Pirates early in the week. I looked earlier, saw six, um, but that's fair. And, boy, tons of respect for the Pirates, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, going on the road and you got money in, money coming in on you. Um, ECU going across country in their last game right before the bye and getting a big win on the road against the BYU team that got throttled by Liberty. But how about Liberty beating Arkansas on the road? Yeah, been a down year for the Razors. But 
it's a great win no doubt great win um i want to see if i can find the last uh cincinnati home loss i'm at 2019 and i don't think it was that year nope they lost on the road at memphis twice and to ohio state let's go back to 2018 they have the second longest home winning streak going right now uh behind clemson more on clemson in a moment and that absolute disaster the other night uh let's see they lost in 18 at temple matt rule and they lost at ucf so it wasn't 18 was it 2017 when they lost their last home game we're going back a ways now folks 2017 all right they were four and eight so this is early days this might have been the year ecu beat them yeah they lost uh, in greenville's coach mo laid it on them 48 to 20 more on coach mo later we got a lot of morons not morons but more on that coming up later mm-hmm. all right so let's find it it's got to be this year it was at nippert stadium they lost to marshall they lost to UCF. They lost to SMU. They lost a lot of home games. They lost to Temple. Their last loss at Nippert Stadium, you got to go back to 2017, November 10th. Oh, man. When, when are we playing them? Seven, Tuesday be eight, Wednesday nine, Thursday 10. So we played the 11th. Almost five years to the day, the Pirates could hand Cincinnati another home loss. It has not happened since november 10th 2017 which by the way was a friday night it's starting to line up the stars are aligning for a pirate road victory over cincinnati they are due for a home loss and it could happen november 11th friday night just like it did november 10th friday night 2017 throwing that out there that makes me feel even better about the game so if I'm reading this correctly off of ecupirates.com, the all-time record between East Carolina and the Bearcats, ECU 13 wins to their 12 losses. Uh, on the road, ECU is 5-7 and seven against Cincinnati. At home, they're 8-5. and five. In the conference, when they're meeting up with each other in conference play, they are 1-7. In the last 10 matchups, East Carolina is 1-9 against Cincinnati, dating back to September 1st, 2003. The smallest margin of victory for East Carolina, 28 to, 20, uh, 28 to 26. And uh, a total of points in this uh, matchup in this series, 715. And average points for East Carolina against Cincinnati is 28.6. So just uh, some history there when it comes to the Pirates and uh, the Bearcats. The Pirates actually won the first seven games in the series against Cincinnati. You start that series at eight, uh, in 1986. The streak ended in 1992. So, um, just some history there when it comes to the Pirates and Bearcats. And man, I remember it was uh, when I was in school watching that shellacking, 56 to six in Cincinnati. That was Holt Naylor's first year. Hopefully, and you know his goal is to go in there and change that and get the first win for an opponent in that stadium since. Say that again, Clip. November 10th, 2017. Five years. Yep. Wow. Five years. Which was a Friday. It was a Friday night against the uh, Temple Owls. All right. Um, you know who has beat Luke Fickle? 
Scotty Moe. Scotty. A.K.A. Mo. the Go last ahead. man standing in Indianapolis. They fired A.K.A. A-, a man that they didn't even promote to inter- interim head coach. They went out and got somebody that's not even coaching. Well, more on that later. Are you jotting down these morons later? Uh, no. God, I'm going to forget them all. Y'all remind me. Uh, Michael Winstead feels good about the game Friday. Why? Because his son was at home running routes on his time off. Just just running routes, man. That is our boy. No days that off. That is our boy. Probably trying to run away from a little scary. Yeah, trying to. He's scared. He is definitely scared. Uh, Johnny, boy, we are in the weeds, man. Break out the weed eaters. Break out the roundup because Johnny has us knee deep in the weeds right now. Spray on the off because the skeeters and all kinds of mess are biting us. I, I just stepped in an anthill. We're in the weeds, folks. He says Tulane would have to beat UCF and lose to SMU and lose to Cincinnati. Could all, all very well happen. He said ECU would have the tiebreaker over every other team due to their common record, two and one. Everybody else would be two and two or one and two. And in that scenario, ECU would host the conference championship. All right, Johnny. I'm taking Johnny's word for it. I am too. He's been he is the stat guy. He's been great with stats over the years. Has has had some eye popping statistics and factoids for us so i i'm taking his word i'm just gonna let him handle that department johnny i'm putting you in charge of the east carolina hosting the conference championship scenario department you're the president ceo you got it man he's the top dog of that department this is all you my brain cannot handle such i'm in charge of the east carolina compete in the American Athletic Conference Championship scenario on the road at Tulane. And for that to happen, Robert says I'm correct. We went out. Tulane wins out. We go to New Orleans for the championship. And wouldn't you like another crack at those guys? I would. Would you? Uh, yes. Don't ask me. Don't, we don't all- ask me if I know Hugh. Just answer the question. Would you? Yes, I Don't, would. Okay. And you know who else Don't would? Say, who? <laughs> Hugh. <laughs> I, I really thought you were going to say another name. No. You got me. Hugh. You really wrote me into you that said, one. Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> got you. I would love another shot against the Glores on a uh, AAC championship Saturday. And then beat them and then call Corey Glore. Uh, how cool will it be? would it be, by the way? We're saying goodbye to all these teams. Cincinnati, Houston, UCF. And the American Championship is ECU Tulane. I mean, how cool would that be? The future of the conference. How much banging your chest and taunting would uh, Tulane and ECU fans be able to do in that scenario? And say, good luck in the Big 12. You couldn't make it in this league. See ya. Maybe you will there. Uh, that would be pretty damn sweet. You know what I'll say, and this is kind of mean. Get ready for it. I'd tell them to kick rocks. Wow. I'd say kick rocks. Who peed in your cornflakes, buddy? Mm, you don't want to know. You know you. He peed in your cornflakes? Yeah. Man. Hugh Williams did. Yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> what a scumbag. 
Um, all right, there are the scenarios. You got our East Carolina goes to Tulane scenario. You've got the Johnny Robertson special. ECU hosts the championship scenario. We're talking a lot about tiebreakers. Mike's, Mike P says, the only thing I care about related to tiebreakers is getting that lunch for two out of the booty bag. Come on. Ew, come on. Well done, Mike P. Uh, we also told you that East Carolina Houston is on hold as far as a kickoff time goes. A couple of options are 11 a.m., saturday morning on espn 2 or 4 p.m on espn u it could also go to the plus and if it does go into plus uh, john moody has copied me on a tweet where uh john loves this tv stuff he loves the scenario putting the puzzle together he uh actually asked ryan robinson about if it's bumped espn plus what happens who determines the time ryan uh, confirms that ecu would pick the time if it is on the plus and they said they would like mid-afternoon so three thirty, four o'clock probably i'm saying two you know two <laughs> two damn right <laughs> go to two uh he says if it's on linear it's on 11 a.m on the deuce or 4 p.m on the u so we've got all that confirmed by both houston and ecu at this point so so if they're right if they're waiting on the results of this game if east carolina wins you would think that they would put a seven and three pirate football team on either the u or the deuce right i, I think if ecu wins who does houston have this week let me look that up if ecu wins it's going to be 11 or 4 i think if ecu loses it'll be a nice sweet kickoff time for you fans because it'll probably be on the plus houston has temple so they're going to win so they're going to come in here a winner. I mean, it could be a big time ball, a big ball game, huge game. Uh, coach, uh, big ball game here, a little bit for sure in terms of it. Man, I mean, it's great to be talking about this stuff this late in the year. You remember Mark Lindsay's tweet, the game day of BYU? Yeah kind of what was it i can't remember i can't either but something about like figuring out this program or something i think the future is now we are the future we are the world we are the children <laughs> we are the ones that make a better place so let's start giving or living so let's start giving 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 surely give me some bumper music and give me a break hey give me a break hey, Shirley. give me a break here give me a break I'll tell you one thing we're not going to do for this Friday, Chandler. That's hate, Shirley. So you need to get all that hate out of your heart between now and Friday. That was fun, that last game day where we just... It was fun to hate Shirley, but I think this Friday... It's hard to shut up and like we hated her. This Friday's pregame is going to be all about love. It's all love. All love. Cincinnati, the city of brotherly love, right? Cincinnati, the place where the Panthers... That would be Philadelphia. No, Shirley, that's the city of angels. <laughs> you don't know your cities. Shut up, Shirley. Shut up, Shirley. There you go again. Uh, the Carolina team that plays in that stadium on Friday night will play a lot better than the Carolina team that played in that stadium on Sunday. Fact or fiction? Fact. Well, they don't play in the same stadium anymore. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you are wrong, sir. Damn Didn't it. mean to make you look like a dummy, <laughs> but I just did. They play in Nippert Stadium. I would argue that I made myself look like a dummy. You're a dumbass. <laughs> You're a dumbass. That's fine. Get the hate out of the way now, because we're not going to do this Friday. Friday, we're going to love. It's going to be all about loving. Loving. Let's take a break. Come back when we return. Our flight by Yingling practice report. We'll hear from Mike Houston after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Excuse me. Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006, and they are the local tech uh, support experts. For any of your business needs, let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Coming up on Tuesday's show, we'll see what Michael Perry thinks about this basketball team as he'll be on the call with Jeff Charles. We'll see, Jeff. We'll see. And we'll see what he has to say about this uh, new group. Pirate basketball is back. It's back, baby. Starting today, the women's kickoff or tip-off uh, this afternoon. Thank you for correcting yourself. It really, really, as a sports guy, and you are too, it it, it, it irks me. It gives me a, ugh. when People like, do it a lot. And, when somebody says, um, and they usually use kickoff, like the Pirates off. will kick off the basketball season. You don't hear tips off a lot, but it, in some case, if like uh, – Mike Houston and the Pirate football team tip off the season. That would really irk me as well. But kickoff is used quite a bit. I thought Shirley was about to say something. Well, why did you pull her, push her microphone away? Because it's in the camera shot. And he wants his face to be seen. Oh, fancy boy. Yeah. It's just, we, we're professional here. We're business. That's right. It's not professional to have a microphone in front of me. No, he just... <laughs> You know, but see now this is a perfect shot. You can see both me and Shirley. White chocolate needs to be seen. He does seen and heard at all times. How did volleyball go Friday? It went good, and except the Pirates didn't win. <laughs> but speaking from just your standpoint, it went good. <laughs> I, yeah, it went great. All right, um, good to hear. Good crowd on hand at Menji's Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Nice to hear. Um, there was a few times where I would say Point Pirates. And the crowd would pop. It was awesome. It was a great, uh, great feeling. Don't you just feel like you're uh, you're in control? Oh yeah. At that point. Oh yeah. You're you're pulling the string, and especially when I tell people to direct their attention to the video board. Yeah. And you see, like look at it, and you see all the heads turn, and you don't even say please or I, anything. I'm just gonna say look. Next time I do, I'm gonna say look, look, listen. listen. <laughs> all right. Uh, what were we talking about? Anything of importance? um no oh tomorrow's yes michael perry will join us to talk basketball on tip off tuesday tip off tuesday right now we will have our flight by yingling practice report uh brought to you by flight by yingling the next generation of light beer don't just raise the glass raise the bar flight by yingling available wherever beer is sold 
uh everything has shifted up a day this week due to the friday kickoff so that means mike houston held his press conference uh earlier today and let's hear his opening statements well it's uh you know good to uh, be back at it off the bye week um had a uh good focused uh, day yesterday uh, meeting and practice uh be back out there this afternoon uh with a fully padded practice in preparation for Friday night, uh, obviously a huge challenge going on the road to Cincinnati Friday night. Uh, but the kids, I uh, thought they were very focused yesterday, uh, and they're you know excited for you know kind of the fourth quarter of our season. And uh, we t- we talked about it in those in those terms, just uh, an opportunity here uh, you know at Cincinnati to uh, to take on one of the better teams in our league and one of the top teams in the country. Uh, you know they're strong once again this year, and so. Uh, just a tremendous challenge for us, but one that uh, everyone is really excited about. So uh, should be a good one Friday night. Mike Houston gave his thoughts on Luke Fickle and the program he has built at Cincinnati. Cut to. Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know you look at the team they had last year, and we all know what uh, what was drafted, and also not only what got drafted, but just how well they're doing. I mean, you got several guys who are having outstanding rookie seasons in the NFL, and so. Uh, I think when you and when you look at the the team that we're going to face, uh, we're facing a veteran football team, and so I think it just says that he's done a great job building that program uh, from a depth perspective. Uh, and you know we're going to face a lot of guys that have played a lot of football, uh, guys that have been a part of their uh, tradition and culture, and so they understand what it means to play at a high level and win at a high level. Uh, I just think it, it's just a sign of uh, the outstanding job he's done. All right, uh, big week for East Carolina. Finally getting that bye week uh, this late into the season, but some huge games coming up. So you got to keep pressing. You also have to let these guys rest. And he talked about the balance between rest and staying physical at practice. Yeah, and it's you know we were in helmets yesterday, but uh, you know I thought we I thought we went pretty pretty good yesterday, and I think that's it's that it's that you know, fine line that we we needed some time. Uh, to recover, uh, it'd been a you know a, a pretty hard stretch of uh, you know you know nine weeks straight regular season. So uh, we need a little bit of time, but at the same time, you know we're playing so well, and so uh, I think we I think we had enough time off last week. Uh, we had three really good practices. Uh, we had a good day yesterday. So now it's you know I think today they've got to take that next step with contact uh, because it's going to be a very physical football game Friday night. And, you know, it's going to be a big point uh, of emphasis with us this week is that we've we've, we've got to you know play a certain way Friday night, which that's the way we've been playing. But uh, I think today's an important day, tomorrow's an important day, and then you kind of sharpen things up and get your mindset ready going into uh, Friday. All right, we mentioned it earlier. Cincinnati has not lost a home game since November tenth, two thousand seventeen. It was a Friday night against the Temple Owls, and uh, Mike Houston talked about trying to snap that long home winning streak that Cincinnati has. Well, I think, again, it's just another uh, indicator of uh, the program they've had over the last five years. And so uh, certainly we all know that uh, they've played at a very high level uh, here in the American Conference for for quite some time. So uh, I do think uh, the experience at BYU helps our players. Uh, I thought that we, um, you know, we, we didn't flinch. Uh, and that's a, a very hostile environment there. So I would say so we're going to see something similar Friday night. Um, so I do think it's something that's it's good for our kids to have that experience going into this. 
All right. Uh, Pirates did go into a tough road environment, pick up a win last time out against BYU. They'll try to do it on Friday night against a strong Cincinnati team across the board. Mike Houston was asked, what is the strength of this Cincinnati team? Cut five. Well, I I think it depends on which uh, phase you're looking at. Uh, I think they're a very complete football team. But uh, you look at them defensively, uh, and you know certainly they rank uh, at the top or near the top in sacks, tackles for loss, uh, you know negative plays, and so it's a, a defense that really puts a lot of pressure on you. Uh, you know you're going to end up in some situations you like to avoid them, but uh, traditionally they've been able, been able to put some people in some situations where they're behind the chains. Uh, but again, I think that's just uh, the benefit of having experienced players. Uh, I think you flip over to the other side. Uh, and, you know, with, with Ritter uh, and company, you know, graduated, uh, they really have not dropped off. Uh, I think that uh, Bryant, who spent a year at Eastern Michigan after backing up at Cincinnati for several years, uh, has been very, very solid uh, and is having an outstanding year. Uh, you know, they have a, a list of playmakers, whether it's Tyler Scott or Trey Tucker. Uh, you know, the, they play, play three different running backs. I think have done a good job in the run game. Uh, but this is just a complete, uh, you know, physical, uh, talented football team. So uh, I think the challenge is uh, for us, like I said a while ago, to continue to play and execute at a high level the way we have been for the last month plus. All right, Mike Houston there. We'll uh, hear more from Coach Houston when we return on Pirate Radio Live and continue on our Flight by Yingling practice report as Mike Houston talks uh, more. Also, uh, pre-Washington, Julius Wood and Noah Henderson met with the media today, so we'll hear some of those comments as well. As we wrap up our number one with more on the Flight by Yingling ECU football practice report. More to go after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Party Hour 1 here on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Dawson says hello. Hello back to you, Dawson. Hope you're having a wonderful Monday. You can chime in here on YouTube and Facebook like uh, live. Make sure you give us a like and subscribe follow us on facebook for all the latest including uh, we got a lot going on today with the mike houston press conference and mike schwartz uh ahead of the tuesday night basketball season opener so you can watch those interviews on facebook on youtube as well and uh see our show the brian bailey show every single day uh weekday right here on pirate radio on pirate radio tv on youtube we are in the midst of our flight by yingling ecu football practice report hearing what mike houston had to say about the upcoming opponent cincinnati and the bye week and uh mike houston was asked about tendencies uh for east carolina they are looking at other teams to 
see what their tendencies are on third downs uh, inside the red zone on down and distance plays and at the same time i guess trying to hide their own tendencies and mike houston was asked about that uh how do you go about trying to hide tendencies from other teams cut six well you kind of you kind of evaluate yourself uh the way you do an opponent uh from a standpoint of just you know looking at things formationally in motion uh you know down and distance wise you know just to kind of see what you're what you're showing, uh, you know, I think that uh, both coordinators have done a good job throughout the season of, of trying to be aware of things, uh, but we all have tendencies. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're aware of them, then, you know, you can either avoid them or break them, but uh, it's good to understand what they are because, uh, you know, that way you can anticipate what kind of look you're going to get. All right, uh, Mike Houston also talked about with the bye week, uh, getting back to the basics, fundamentals, especially when it comes to Forcing turnovers and protecting the football. Cut seven. Well, I think it, uh, it comes down to a lot of fundamentals and decision-making. So uh, we spent some time last week really focused on it defensively, trying to you know, work some, some, you know, get the ball out, uh, punching out, ripping out uh, stuff. Made that an emphasis last week, the same, same uh, opposite side offensively as we really focused on you know, great fundamentals uh, that's you know the big thing that I really had our coaches on Tuesday and Wednesday is just really being big on the small things uh, you know throughout practice, uh, and I think that's where you can you gotta you can let yourself get a little sloppy at times if you're not really on top of it. So I really had them hone back in on you know the way we finished, the way we you know got the ball tucked you know post catch or post mesh, uh, and so. Uh, just trying to do a good job of staying on top of that stuff with a, without us having a game last week. All right. In this new era of college athletics, you're going to have to be able to recruit the portal. You're going to have to bring in guys and have them be ready right away to help out your team. You identify your needs uh, during the offseason, and you go out and attack that, bring guys in uh, from the portal. And the Pirates batted a 1,000 on that last offseason, and they're seeing the benefits of that during – this 2022 regular season and guys we talk about like winstead and mims and uh chance Bates, and just uh, across the board uh guys that have really contributed to this football team and uh mike houston was asked about the process of scouting potential incoming transfers and everything that goes with it code eight i think the big thing is just trying to do do your research uh, and, and and really get to know them and make sure they fit your culture, fit your locker room. I think all of our guys have done a good job with that. Uh, but, you know, it goes into just, you know, talking to a lot of people that we trust. Uh, you know, the coaching profession is such a network that you know so many people. You know, we try to talk to someone that we uh, feel like can give us an honest uh, evaluation. Uh, and then, you know, really, uh, I'm still a big gut feeling, uh, meet somebody in person and, uh, you know, I try to spend a good bit of time with them before we, you know, make a make a decision one way or the other. And uh, you know, if I feel comfortable with them, then they're probably going to fit in pretty good in our locker room. And it's it's really a credit to the both our players that we have currently on our roster that you know we've grown up, uh, you know, their ability to accept people uh, and bring them into our locker room, and uh, to the new players that we have added this year, uh, and the way they've come in and just you know just tried to be a part of the team, a part of the locker room, not, not trying to come in, trying to be something else. Uh, we try to be very transparent with just expectations and the way we operate. Uh, and I think that's, that's, the, that's the big thing because, you know, you just, 
you want to make sure that uh, everybody understands, you know, kind of what the deal is before they get here, and that way, you know, nobody feels like they're misled, either us or them. All right, and that process has certainly worked out for Mike Houston and his coaching staff uh, with the studs they brought in for this season. Uh, my, finally, uh, Mike Houston was asked how the younger guys looked when they were showcased during the bye week. You have those uh, the bye week exhibition uh, where the younger guys get to play, and uh, and they were in the spotlight. So how'd they look? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really good. It's, it was spirited as always. Uh, so. Uh, you know, we, we do have some young guys that are, you know, playing a little bit for us special teams-wise. And so, you know, you're really kind of, you know, tentative as how much how much work they got. But uh, I just, you know, I'm sure there's something I can say about a lot of different guys. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that uh, Sam Danka continues to develop. Uh, you know, the biggest thing I told him is, you know, I said, anytime you're anywhere around the – you know, the fueling station or the training table or whatever. I said, I said, you don't need one serving. I said, you need three. So uh, he's continued to put on weight, but he's got such a long frame. But uh, he's just got to really work at developing that. But I think he's coming along nicely. Um, I think you saw some of the young offensive kids. Uh, and I was pleased with some of them. But uh, it's just always good to get those guys some, some reps there and you know, let them, you know, go out there and have some fun. And, uh, you know, the travel team guys, they get to be the, the, the cheerleaders or whatever. And so it was, it was a good way to end the week. All right. Uh, so a productive bye week for the Pirates. It is now Cincinnati week. So they get ready for the Bearcats coming up Friday night. Our pregame coverage gets underway 4 o'clock Friday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We had a really fun time last time we were in here on a Friday. And we plan to do the same with you this Friday. So uh, spend your Friday with us. Looks like it's going to be kind of nasty rainy so get inside uh gather around your uh computer put us up on tv on youtube via your roku or whatever streaming uh device you have and hang out with us on friday yeah i wasn't aware of the uh weather situation on friday but uh brian bailey show earlier today he talked to a lot of area high school coaches who are still in the playoff hunt and um and a lot of these guys, a lot of these teams are actually going to be playing on Thursday. So yeah, looks like the weather here in town is not going to be looking too good on Friday. But we'll have good vibes here in Studio A and Studio B as we get you ready for ECU Cincinnati. Uh, let me talk about this real quick before I move on and forget to get back to it. A weird deal in the NFL. So the Colts fired Frank Reich. They fired their offensive coordinator last week. So Scotty Montgomery is like one of the last offensive coaches standing believe it or not they're in indianapolis right now but who do they make the interim coach a guy who's not even on the staff apparently he's been a consultant uh how would glenn say his name oh jeff searity <laughs> jeff searity jeff searity jeff saturday you may remember him i mean great player great peyton manning center there's a great video of uh, peyton screaming at him on the sidelines right just block jeff i'll call the plays and you block jeff and then Tariq Glenn goes over there and said, sit down. How about you sit down, man? Sit down. He said, he's yelling at me. He's yelling at me. Stop yelling, Jeff. It's a great highlight. Just Google that up and find that. It's also fantastic. Tar Heel. Uh, Jeff Sardy went to North Carolina. Um, I, I'm a Jeff Sardy fan. I, I was like a center growing up in like Little League. And I used to oh, look up. Here we go. I used to look, uh, look up to Jeff Saturday. Troy's not here today. Uh, hopefully, he'll rejoin us on Thursday and on the show Friday. But uh, playing the role of Troy today is Chandler, who just keeps bringing himself into every story. 
This is the first time I've done this today. How'd the volleyball game go? Oh, it went great. Oh, the Pirates won? No, but I did a great job. <laughs> that is a creepy laugh by Bryce in uh, L.A. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm just joshing with you, Chan, man. Tell, tell us about your center days. Let's hear it. That's all. I just I looked up to Jeff Saturday, and I was I used to watch Indianapolis. Funny play. you looked up to him because he's a really short guy. Year, <laughs> 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 I'm a former long snapper. Oh boy! So what happened? You couldn't do the quarterback center exchanges uh, under center, so they moved you to long snapper. No, I was center too. You played center too. I played. Yeah, I played center. Uh, from peewee up to senior year of high school okay well you don't you overshadow that with your long snapping talk well that's center's the smartest guy on offense oh yeah i used to have to tell all my offensive linemen where to who to block where to block reads you got street smarts chandler right yeah what kind of smarts do you have you got field smarts football smarts i got football smarts you're a football guy uh jeff saturday will take over as the interim coach of the colts now you joked about scotty montgomery getting passed over i didn't know this they have two former nfl head coaches on the staff one of them is a former panthers coach can you name him a former panthers coach on On the Colts staff staff. i just learned this today it's not um hmm Don Caper is he? No, old? but good like good guess because this guy is a defensive specialist analyst. What are they calling him? Senior defensive assistant. Marty. Marty. Who the hell's Marty? No, not home. Uh, Holmgren. A pan. He was never a pan. A Panthers head coach. Name a Panthers head coach. It's not Ron Rivera. It's not John Fox, is it? Yes, it's John Fox. John Fox is on the staff in Indianapolis. That'd have been a much better guess than guys who weren't head coaches there. <laughs> I thought he was a head coach. Who was our first, who was the um Don Capers was. All right, I know Don Capers. And then George Seifert, I believe. George Seifert. I thought there was a Schottenheimer there somewhere. I, Marty never coached the uh Panthers. Did it go from Seifert to Fox? Yes. Because Seifert was early 2000s. Okay. Late 90s. Um, And then, who'd you say? Mike Holmgren? <laughs> why, why are you... Just name Panthers coaches, man. <laughs> anyway, sorry. John Fox is on the staff. And Gus Bradley, former... Chargers. J- Jags. <laughs> Boy, you are... F- Foo-barring is this Gus ga- was Gus Bradley not right the head coach of the Chargers? I don't think so, Chandler. I, I look, I am propping you up as a sports guy because you earned that title. You did all you could to earn that title by calling Tennessee over Alabama, and you've done quite well since then. But I'm telling you, this is a rough showing from you. He was the I, defensive. He, he coordinator. was the defensive coordinator. Okay, fair. Okay, I'll give you that. But he was not the head coach. Head coach in Jacksonville. Anywho. They bypass those guys. They bypass the great Scotty Montgomery to give Jeff Saturday, Saturday the keys. I I saw a tweet from Adam Schefter earlier that said that Jeff Saturday's first like thing on his agenda to do 
is to have someone call plays, and there's nobody, and this doesn't sound right now, but there's nobody on, uh, to call offensive plays. Yeah. There's nobody on the staff that has called offensive plays before. Yeah, well, because they fired the OC and the yeah. head coach. And Frank Wright had been a, an OC. It's Coach Mo. It's going to be Scotty Montgomery, right? What if he calls in Tony Peterson and they get the band back together? Now we're talking. Now, you know what? You know you? You know what? What? I mean, that's a good idea. What's on second? It wasn't it Tony Peterson that used to always say, you know what? It was, and I missed that reference. Okay, that, that yeah. I'm not a reference guy. Um, this is awesome because awesome. October 30th, Jeff Saturday, the analyst, just the guy, the guy that talks football, right? Not mm-hmm. a coach. Tweeted out October 30th at 2.48 p.m. Three words. Raiders look horrible. This Sunday, Jeff Saturday will be coaching the Colts against the Raiders. <laughs> and this week, he's going to be asked questions and he's going to talk about how great the Raiders are. Oh, man. They're two and six, but they are a really good football team. Carr's great. Devontae Adams can't stop him. This is a great team. But just a couple weeks ago, tweeted out Raiders are horrible. That's the difference between when you're a coach and when you're not. You've got to have that coach speak. And now you got to be fake, and you got to talk about how great the Raiders are. But I can't wait. I mean, somebody's going to ask him about this. Uh, coach Saturday, a mere seven days ago, eight, nine days ago, you tweeted, uh, Raiders look horrible. Uh, they lost to Jacksonville last week, so they're even more horrible now than they were before. Your thoughts? And he's got to go. Uh, you know, they're they're a really good football team. I mean, that was non-coach me, and now well, I'm coach. And, and now I'm a coach. Josh McDaniels is a great coach. First of all, great man. Second of all, great coach. They just, you know what? They do things the right way. Just hit all the cliches, or. He can become a legend, an icon, and say, "Yeah, I said that. Yeah, I tweeted that. Yeah, I tweeted because that. they looked horrible. And I tell you what, they uh, they look better against Jacksonville, but they they lost. They're just they're two and six. They're a losing team right now. They looked horrible, and uh, we should go in there and beat them. Now, if you're the Colts, who pulled the plug on Matt Ryan? Was that a Frank Wright decision, or was that an up top decision? Because it has contract." Uh, reasonings as to why he's not playing, I think, where they, they don't have to pay him a certain amount of money if he doesn't play. Hmm. So he was the fourth leading passer in the NFL when he was benched. Now he also led the league in turnovers, so it made sense from that standpoint. But Sam Ellinger has gone out and lost to the Commandos and lost to the Patriots, and they have not moved the ball at all. If I'm Jeff Saturday, the first thing I do and say, hey, Matty Ice, grab a ball, kid. You're back. What about former Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles? BDF? BDN. <laughs> BDN? BDN. I ain't talking about ETN. I'm talking about BDN. Uh, sure. Better than Sam Ellinger. Absolutely. 
He's gone. Shake it up, Jeff Saturday. Go in there and uh I wish the big dog was the uh, Indianapolis Colts beat writer or something. So he can go to the press conferences and say, uh yeah, Coach Saturday. Co- <laughs> uh, Coach Saturday. Coach Saturday, you tweeted <laughs> that the Raiders look horrible. Are you standing by that? So uh when's the Jeff Saturday press conference? I want to see it. So he has to answer questions about tweeting the team he's about to play is horrible. That's fantastic stuff. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we are talking basketball. It is Cy Seymour season. He will join us on the other side to talk Pirate Hoops and look around the landscape of college basketball. When we return, Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about the current real estate market? Do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU alum Scott Harris with REMAX and SD Harris Properties can help answer every question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that'll be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has the answers. Call Scott Harris today at 347-1857. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. We'll talk some NFL. I also want to talk about the college football playoff landscape as well after what we saw this weekend with georgia hammering tennessee clemson not showing up offensively at notre dame and where do we sit when it because i mean a lot of things changed on saturday and uh i want to discuss some of that later on in today's show we got jake washer coming up later this hour got brian bailey at five o'clock we'll get to some mike schwartz comments so still a lot to do on this monday right now we will head out to the pit electric live line and talk some hoops with cy seymour i love the sport of basketball i love going to ecu games but also love when basketball rolls around it means we get to talk to cy seymour and he joins us here on the pit electric live line cy how you doing man Man, I'm doing great, Cliff. It's, it's basketball, you got football, you got baseball, everything's been going on. Just a wonderful time of year if you like sports. So a lot of fun and excited about the new Pirate Ball Club and, and, and get, getting ready to get started. Well, Cy, we uh, are ready to get to know this basketball team. Have you got to know them yet? Do you, or do you need to see these guys a few games before you, you kind of get your thoughts on them? Because, man, just it's a ton of unknowns heading into this season. Exactly. I have seen them work out probably eight or nine times. It's not the same as seeing them in game situations against other talent. Uh, I uh, I did not. Of course, the scrimmages were closed that they had, so I haven't seen them except scrimmaging against each other. I know this. There's a lot of energy and uh, coaching. Uh, Mike Forge brings a, a really good uh, effort and philosophy, and uh, I'm excited about what they can do. The problem is. They're all new guys working together. ECU lost between 85, 80 to 90% of all their statistical team left. Your top six scores are gone. As I said before, of the 
127 threes made in uh, in the conference season. Uh, they're returning, I think, maybe 14 of the 127 made. So you got to find shooters. You got to find uh, rim protectors. You got to find defenders, and you haven't had a chance, but in two scrimmages, to see where you are. Now, having said that, Coach Suarez is a battle of the wars. Tennessee, his staff. You, you really can't go. Jake Morton, Riley Davis, Nick Mathis. These guys know what they're doing, uh, but but you just and they know they have been game situations. But uh, Coach Suarez was at Tennessee. He was at Tulsa. He was at Miami. He's at Fresno State. He knows the basketball country. Does he have it all together yet? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You just do the best you can now. But I can tell you this. They're going to go after you, and they're going to play hard. Cy Seymour joining us. Pit Electric Live Line, East Carolina, opening up with Mercer coming up Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Menji's Coliseum. And, Cy, do you have any idea if if the game is competitive uh, the whole way through on Tuesday night, how many Pirates do you think see the floor? How many guys get game time on Tuesday night? Do you have any idea what what Schwartz is going to do there? No idea. I'm not even sure who will be the starters. I mean, it is up in the air. He's going to see effort during practice last week. And then he's going to, uh, this last week, and now it's time to figure it on out who gave him the best effort, effort in the scrimmages. And I think it's wide open. I don't think there's anybody, there's no promises. I, I think when I've watched him, I think Javon Small has played well. Uh, you know, I think he's done a good job. I think all of them have played well in sports. I mean, you got Brandon coming back. But I'm not sure. I, I, I wish I could. I wish I could be more definitive answers. <laughs> I'm really not a lot of help to you because it's just I, I like the big kid that's coming in from Charlotte. I think he's a really Ezra. Ezra is a really good basketball kid. Khalid Kalakout, the little guard, has played well. Uh, R.J. Felton played well. I, I think in the long run, Benjamin Bayella is going to help you. I think Demonte from uh, Tennessee, the transfer, is going to help you. The truth is, I think Panita can help you inside. I think uh, Elijah Jones can help help you inside. You know Brandon's back. There's too many pieces. I can't. I really can't. Jake Walker, a four star transfer from Iowa State. A lot of pieces out there. You need to really watch them and see because I think that's what Coach Schwartz will do. He's going to find out who's going to play, who's going to give him everything, and who's going to buy into his philosophy. Cy Seymour joining us, and uh, right now just sounds like a. Uh, a team, a group that, uh, who knows, somebody might have the hot hand one night. Will there be a guy that can take over, a guy that, that has the ball down the stretch? And Tristan Newton really turned into that guy for East Carolina, the guy you want with the ball with the clock winding down. And uh, I guess at this point, Cy, we don't know if we, we have that guy on the roster, right? No, it's it's really, you lost him. You lost the defensive stopper. He's going to do a lot of good defensive things. He's going to be aggressive, man-to-man, uh, tough playing. And, and uh, Luke, he's a factor in all this, too, because he can be a rim protector. So a lot of things are going on that can help this ball club. Cy Seymour joining us, East Carolina Mercer, going at it Tuesday night, Menji's Coliseum. Cy, when you look around the American, how about Houston going into the season ranked third in the country? They are number three in all the land. And I, I guess uh, we can talk about Kelvin Sampson's team, but who is right there behind Houston? Who's the second best team in the league uh, for this season, in your opinion? I mean, is it, you know, West Miller year two there in Cincinnati? You've got Penny, of course, 
uh, with a, a new contract extension there in Memphis, SMU. Uh, Aaron McKee's Temple Owls getting a little preseason love along. I'll tell you, he's getting preseason love. Ron Hunter and Tulane uh, there, Si. So you, you've got some candidates there. Who's uh, who's going to be on Houston's heels, if anybody, in this league? Well, I think all of them can be because when you really look at these teams, they all have great guard play. I mean, when I look up and I see Ron Hunter, Hunter with Jalen Cook and Jalen Ford, Jalen Cook was the Louisiana Player of the Year, signed with LSU, went over to Tulane and was on conference last year. They have great guard play. Kelvin Sampson, as you said, with a Tremont Mark and Marcus Sasser, they've got a four-star guy in Grace Walker, a uh, five-star guy. Say, by the way, a little stat on all this, so you don't know how good this league is. The top three winning programs in the last five years, number one is Gonzaga, number two is Houston, and number three is uh, Kansas. That's how good it's not, it's not a foot that, that, that Houston's where they are. They have a tremendous coach. They have, uh, they have four, three or four, four-star or five-star recruits that they got in this year, not counting with what they've got coming back. They, they beat uh, Duke in a scrimmage handily. Uh, they, they're, they're that good. But I think when you look what you just said, Aaron McKee has got done and battle at the guards. Uh, Tulane, Ron Hunter, Cook, and Forbes. Memphis. Uh, they got <laughs> Memphis has eleven guys with four years or more experience. Eleven. They have Larry Brown. They have Frank Hayes coaching them, along with Penny, uh, Kendrick Davis, who has been the Player of the Year in this league at SMU, transfers over to Memphis. So they've got a point guard, which is what they were really. Tyler Harris left them. He's going to another program. We'll we'll probably see them. Tyler Harris left there. Kendrick Davis will now be their point guard, and he was the American Player of the Year to join uh, this ball club at, at, at Memphis. They are loaded, and they are good. But if you had to tell me straight up, nobody's like nobody's like Kelvin Sampson's Houston team. They're just a different league. You mentioned the, uh, Cincinnati West Miller. I like them. They've got a four-yard, four-star freshman coming in in Skeeling, who's six foot nine. They got Mike Adam Woods, and they got. The uh, Julius, they have also coming back a great player, Jeremiah Davenport, and then this is how this portal works. Landers Nolly, who was all ACC his freshman year, he goes over to Memphis, gets frustrated in Memphis, and now guess where he is? Cincinnati. So he's Cincinnati, and he made all the ACC as a freshman at Virginia Tech. So the league is loaded, and it's loaded more in the perimeter. But I would take, without a doubt. You gotta take uh, Houston. They're just they're they're a treasure to watch and pleasure to watch. And, and uh, Samson's ruling the roost in the league. And he's a really good coach. And coaching matters, Si. You think about it in football. Uh, Jeff Scott uh, just let go from South Florida, and um, you know Mike Houston three and zero against South Florida uh, against Jeff Scott. I'm just thankful we have a. A good football coach made a good hire there. But with Kelvin Sampson in basketball, it shows that coaching matters and really, I guess, a commitment uh, from the administration matters because they were they were a mess when he was brought in. And I'm looking it up now because I remember East Carolina beat uh, Houston in Kelvin Sampson's first year uh, because the Cougars really struggled. They were last in the league. But how quick was he able to turn it around and now has them at number three in the country? So 
uh making the right hire getting the right guy in certainly matters and uh houston did that and and wow eight years ago now si, uh that he was brought in yeah i don't know when joe dooley came in and beat him i mean that i mean they came into the uh, greenville and, and joe dooley beat him that was a heck of a win for east carolina that year also listen oh look let's get real clear duke went to houston for their scrimmage does that tell you the respect they have hmm. for Houston? Right in a closed scrimmage, Duke, who can go anywhere and do whatever they want to do, a great move by Shire. He's saying, "I <laughs> my team to see the best team that we'll see." Yeah, I, they'd never leave the state of North Carolina before like December, January. For a scrimmage, <laughs> for a scrimmage. Yeah, and I don't blame him. He did the right thing. So that's what you're looking at with them. Uh, and and to be honest with you, this Mercer team coming in is really good. They've always had a good program. Greg Gary, the coach, uh, of course, was is a Purdue uh, former player, you know, a former part of that program. But the other thing about them, they've got great transfers coming in. Uh, Jalen Cobb's coming in. He's got he's got the kid coming in from uh, uh, South Florida, who was six foot seven. McCleary. he can really play. He's going to do well for them. They've got a really good guard. It's uh, big that will help this ball club. And his name is Hurtado, is his last name. Louis Hurtado, and he's six foot, he's six foot, uh, somewhere around six, seven. He can really play. And he can play one, two, four. He can play any position. This is a very good team coming in now. He's missing two of his starters who are hurt. They are just going to be out in the first game, the first couple of months with injuries. One with a thumb, I'm sure. I don't know what the other injuries were, but he, we won't see them. But this team will come in really strong. I watched them in the scrimmage the other night against LeGlane, and, and they're well coached. They are solid, and they have good, good players at every position. They have a seven-foot-two guy that's young and got to learn, but he's ready to go. A lot of good things going on there, and give Mercer credit. Uh, that is a always been a good basketball school. They beat Duke in the regionals in, in Raleigh one night. I was over there a couple of I don't, it's been a while back. In other words, they're good. They'll, they'll come at you. It's going to be a hard game for each of you. And it's going to be a mystery for all of us to be solved because I don't know who's going to start right now. I really yeah. Cy Seymour joining us. Pit Electric Live Line. Looking at it nationally, Cy. North Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston on the top. And if you are uh, an old-school basketball fan that's been disgruntled with the way college athletics works right now, and I understand it with the, the transfers and all that, and, oh, yeah, there's a ton of transfers. So I just rattled off a bunch of them. But one good thing, Si, about the NIL is some of these guys aren't pressured for money reasons to go pro, to go to the G League, to go overseas they're more likely to return to school. And you're seeing that you're going to have familiar names with North Carolina, with Baycott and Gonzaga, with Timmy back for another year. Uh, a lot of these schools, if you watch college basketball last year, you're going to recognize some names. And uh, the NIL is somewhat responsible for that. But that's a good thing, Sid, to, to kind of see some uh, some names, some rosters you're familiar with because – there for a while and we're going through it here at ecu outside of a few holdovers but every team is different just about every year but uh should be some uh i don't know some familiarity with some of these guys this year yeah it's funny that you said that at the end of the year last year uh, and north carolina had finished in the final four uh jeff lebo called me and said i, I need some help on, on uh, a guy coming down to new could i help him out and i said, and I said are all these kids going pro? He said, no, none of them will go pro. They'll all get NIL money. <laughs> he told me. He was just straight up. Yeah. He's all business. 
He said, no, they'll all be back. They, they all will get NIL money, and they will, they will, they will return. And he was right. He was right. This was, this was right after the Final Four. He knew how things were going to work. And, and I told him, I said, you just keep coaching because he's a great X and O guy, and he's going to help North Carolina be successful. And the head coach is tremendous there, and so is the staff. So they're going to win. They're going to do a good job up there. But he did, he did tell me. Cy Seymour joining us. Cy, you still there? I'm here. Okay, you kind of tailed off there. Got you. We got you 10 4. Ready to get some ECU basketball underway coming up Tuesday night. Menji's Coliseum. Cy Seymour, uh, you're going to be on the call for the uh, ESPN Plus games this year, Cy? Yeah, I'll be on ESPN Plus. It'll be Patrick Johnson and myself, and we'll, we'll be doing the game on ESPN Plus. Uh, any of the home games that he didn't do, I will be on plus. So well, I, looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I look forward to the basketball season, going to the games, but also uh, keeping up with you, Cy, here on Pirate Radio. So we'll certainly uh, get you on when we can to talk Pirate Hoops. Uh, looking forward to a fun season, man. I look forward to it, too. And took a heartbreaker yesterday, I thought. You know, I thought oh, man. They too, I thought they were on the way to the Super Bowl and got a little hiccup yesterday. I'm disappointed. Man, blew the, a double-digit lead there in the fourth, and uh, Ron Rivera, bad challenge, and man. It was worse because it was the Cousins. You know, that, that hurts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't like that. He once asked the question, do you like that? I don't like that, Kirk. Didn't like that yesterday. That's right. That's right. Cy, we'll talk to you soon, man. Okay, man. Take care of yourself. There is Cy Seymour joining us on Pirate Radio Live. We have a lot of chats with Cy throughout the basketball season. And unfortunately, he said it. He he wished he had more answers, uh, more insight on this team. We're going to find out together, folks, uh, what this team is all about and who are the playmakers. Who, uh, Like I said, who's the, the guy with the ball in his hands at the end of a game like Tristan Newton was for the Pirates last year? Who's it going to be? Uh, Vance Jackson took some big shots. Brandon Suggs got big defensive stops when they needed it. So who steps up for ECU? We'll, uh, I guess, find out a little bit tomorrow night, but I think this is going to be a a three-week process or so to see what the rotation is, who are the starters. Uh, We'll find out more uh, coming up when the Pirates tip it off against Mercer on Tuesday night. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk some baseball with former Pirate catcher Jake Washer. He's in the Cubs organization, and he'll be in town uh, this weekend for the 2022 Down East Hitting Camp. So, Down East Baseball Hitting Camp is back. We talked to Ryan Meadows about it last week. We'll talk about that and a lot more with Jake Washer when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs, and you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one-time donation, and GUC will match all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. 
Great time of the year. Hoops tipping off on Tuesday. Pirate football on Friday. We're just coming off the Purple Gold World Series at Clark LeClaire Stadium over the weekend and more baseball in the area this weekend in the form of the 2022 Down East Hitting Camp. And uh, Ryan Meadows joined us last week to talk all about it. They got some great instructors uh, at that camp and it's going to be a big event and jake washer will be a part of it helping out the kids along the way and jake washer the former pirate catcher joins us now on the pit electric live line jake how you doing today man i'm doing great thank you for having me yes sir and uh major league baseball season wrapping up over the weekend with the astros winning the world series over the philadelphia phillies a lot of fall ball going on as well with the purple gold world series over the weekend here at clark leclair stadium and uh jake will talk about your minor league baseball season last year and also a uh down east hitting camp the 2022 down east hitting camp you'll be a part of that coming up this weekend at north pitt high school but first of all uh what are you up to this off season what's your day-to-day like uh during a uh, professional baseball off season well it's not very glamorous so i wake up most mornings to work uh, find my time to train in the middle of the day around lunch, and then I have lessons, baseball lessons, uh, in the later parts of the afternoon. So it, I'm pretty much work five days a week. Yeah, not too glamorous, but uh, as you said, but uh, you're already involved in helping out uh, training kids. So uh, what's that like for you, Jake? Uh, is that something you always wanted to do? Do you have like a a coaching uh, career in your future, maybe, once you're done uh, playing professional baseball? You know, with all this knowledge, it'd be a waste to not share <laughs> with others. Uh, even if that's not my main priority, I still want to stay in the game as long as I can. And doing my lessons hitting or catching-wise helps me pretty much give back to the kids from my hometown, and it's cool to watch them progress and get better over the past couple of years I've been working with them. So it's been fun when catching such a unique position jake so when you're coming up uh playing little league babe ruth uh your career before uh you got into high school and everything you know did you take catching lessons or did it come to you naturally like how much did you focus on that position growing up uh i was pretty much stuck there uh at one point when i was a kid i was able to catch the ball so my dad would take me to see He ended up being one of my high school assistant coaches at the time, and I would come see him. And uh, from there on, since pretty much middle school, I haven't played anywhere else until this past year where I started playing first a little bit. I've been back there a while. Yeah, and uh, and playing a little first as well. And I know Cliff Goblin, Jeff Palumbo, put a major focus on defense. So ha- was that something new to you coming to uh, to East Carolina and getting into the pros, or is that something you already had as far as framing, as far as you know, throwing down to second, throwing to third, the, the defensive side of things? Right. So I pretty much committed solely off my bat, I would say, and then Cliff – obviously every day work with me catching wise and made me the catcher who i am today with all that repetition and practice and just the mentality of going through it uh definitely stepped my game up because i had the back coming in i just needed to fine-tune some things behind the plate jake washer joining us pit electric live line and uh jake how about double a baseball once you you keep going up those levels from 
college to uh to the pro ranks uh what's what's facing double a pitching like compared to the uh the other levels you've been at in baseball um it's difficult because now the guys everyone you face is going to have good stuff but they also know how to get you out and your weaknesses and their they pitch with their strength to your weaknesses and with your report you know it's um it's just tough and guys have good stuff they come at you every day with it so being competitive in each at bat every single day is it's difficult but it's still fun along with your full schedule you told us about working uh training kids you yourself you said are are training each and every day is that like weight training is that hitting is it all the above like what are your your focuses on day in day out when it comes to baseball yeah it's just for me myself as a catcher it's be flexible be able to move uh also maintaining my strength getting stronger and then i pretty much train on my own so i hit off keys or machines or um throw into a net just a pretty lonely workout but it's (laughs) i have to keep up with every day as far as yeah as far as going into the 2023 season uh you know what's next on your docket do you do you have like a, a schedule when you uh have to be ready to go down to to what florida arizona do you know what uh your schedule looks like so it'd be down in arizona it would depend on which camp i'm invited to this year uh the main spring training would start about mid-february so as long as i show up there in shape ready to go arm arm is up ready to throw and um i'm prepared because a lot of guys like to show up to spring training without having done anything and it's all progression really for that month it's just whoever's personal preference on how you want to go about that jake washer joining us former pirate catcher and a ton of former pirates right now spread out across minor league baseball and even saw alec burleson uh, make the Cardinals roster play at the end of the regular season. So, Jake, how many former Pirates have you, you kind of ran into along the way, seen on the field, talked to? Uh, because, man, there's a lot of you guys out there right now. Right. I saw this year, I saw Trey Benton. I saw Trey Benton the week I was called up to double A. Then I also saw Francisco this past year. Those were the only two. Yeah, and uh, and both guys doing great. Boy, Trey Benton uh, has uh, healed up and uh, pitched very well last year. And uh, just really cool to see you guys spread out throughout minor league uh, baseball. And Connor Norby, Gavin Williams, uh, maybe could be the next two to get a shot. And uh, we talked to you previously, Jake. You, uh, well, went up to to Wrigley, right? And uh, and I believe, what, got up to AAA, too? You, I remember you told us a story about going to Wrigley. Yeah, last year... Um... During one of our off days, they took us to Wrigley when Jake Arrieta was rehabbing, and another one of their pitchers were rehabbing as well. So I caught, uh, say, an inning or so, and then I had four bats off Jake Arrieta right before he retired. So that was a great experience that I'll never forget. How'd those ABs go for you? Uh, the first one, really well. I hit a, it would have been a hit. It was a line drive in the sixth hole then worked a walk and then had a long pitch strikeout hey. finished on the win yeah i started on the win. i'll take that take that any day jake washer joining us uh pit electric live line big event going on talked to ryan meadows about it last week the 2022 down east hitting camp uh it's going on and the 
uh registration deadline is on wednesday so make sure you uh you go ahead and and get in while you can you can go to downeastbaseball.org or you can email ryan downeastcamps at gmail.com for more information grades uh two through 12 and it's going to be at north pit and um got a lot of uh of great names legendary names when it comes to coaches here in the east but what i like jake is to see these new names sprinkled in uh spencer brickhouse has been doing it uh bryson whirl added to the list this year and uh yourself on that list as well so great uh that you can come hang out with the kids like i told ryan you're gonna have guys come up to you like you're their hero because they watch you play at clark leclerc so that's got to be pretty cool yeah, it's awesome. Meadows does a great job putting that camp together. And this will be, I think, the second or third year of doing it. And very well organized. The kids always show up ready to learn. The trickiest part is just not having them swing the bat around others. But <laughs> once, we get them, once we get them to learn that, then they're all good. And it's a good time. And there's plenty of good coaches from all over uh, Pitt or what, surrounding counties and good baseball players as well to help out the great camp he puts on Uh, jay this is kind of tough because you know every kid is different every kid has a different skill level and some you know have set in mind what they their stance is what their swing is all that some are probably asking you you know what what do i do here how do how do i how do I stand? Uh, how do I follow through? So uh, kind of a loaded question here, but what are the the basics, the main things you kind of point out to kids when you're training them to, to hit a baseball? Uh, just to load their hands, be direct to the ball, uh, eyes on the ball, keep your head down, stay balanced after your swing. Just typical, pretty much, once you can make contact with the ball consistently, then you can work into – like supplying power or trying to hit it off different sides of the field. It's all, all depends on the kid, but as far as just typical hitting skills, just making contact as consistent as possible, keeping your eyes on the ball, keeping your head down and being balanced throughout your swing. Jake Washer joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. Jake, uh, some new rules implemented to Major League Baseball this upcoming season. You guys uh, worked with the pitch clock last season in minor league, and I talked to Trey Benton about it. He said he liked it. I think one time he said, in one instance, he did get caught up, and they caught a ball on him because he wasn't he wasn't ready to pitch. So, how about that from a hitter standpoint and from a catcher? I mean, you got to be ready to go pretty quickly. How did you like or dislike the uh, the pitch clock? As far as the length of the games, it was great. I know early on in the season, they we were finishing games in two hours, just left and right. Yeah. Um, double A, they were a little more lenient. It depends on when they start the clock. It's either when both the hitter and pitcher are ready, they'll start it, or when the pitcher gets the ball back. It's however when they start it is a big dictator on how how it'll, it'll uh, affect the game exactly. Because runners on base trying to shake and get a pitch out, that's when it becomes tricky, especially when catcher-pitcher aren't on the same page and he's shaking you off. But um, as far as length of time, uh, usually you get into the rhythm and you get used to it. I know guys that got called up this year and made it to the big leagues that everyone was like, hey, slow down, you're not on a pitch (laughs) anymore. But – now they're now they're ready for it, having gone 
into the big leagues, but they got a little bit more time. And that's what I thought it needed was just an extended, like, couple seconds. Yeah, I'm interested to see how old vets like Scherzer, who I guess works pretty quickly anyway, but some of these older guys that have been in for so long. Kenley Jansen kind of takes a while. Uh, he's, I'm interested to see how these guys kind of handle it uh, early on, next, start of next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who it throws off and who doesn't. From my experience, most pitchers were able to adjust very yeah. easily, and it get, helps get them out of their own head, less to think about, and kind of just on a pace. Also, uh, the shift will be banned. How many shifts do you see in minor league baseball? Do you Do you face a lot of those? We have not. Uh, they they didn't have shifts for us this year. Okay. What you have to be in the dirt. Feet have to be in the dirt, and then I think it's two position guys on each side of the bag at all times. So you might have like a shortstop, almost right behind second base, but not all the way. Interesting. And I I don't know how I feel about it. Everyone has their opinion, but um, you know, if it, if it works, it works, but. I know lefties are, will enjoy that because it's usually for them yanking ground balls that are going to get more hits out of it. Yeah, you won't have that second baseman out in uh, short right center field uh, scooping it up. Yeah, I, I I think that if a defense wants to play that way, they should be allowed to, but nobody cares what I say and nobody should, so whatever. I think it's just wh- however he gets set up to get the person out, I think it should be allowed. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. Jake Washer joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. He'll be here in the East coming up this weekend for the uh, Down East Hitting Camp. Going to be a great event. Jake, uh, appreciate a few minutes of your time today, man. Keep up the great work and uh, and have fun this weekend out at North Pit. Thank you, Cliff. Good talking to you. All right, great catching up with Jake Washer, former Pirate catcher, part of the Cubs organization, and uh, does some – Uh, teaching on a daily basis and uh, now we'll uh, bring his expertise to north pitt high school coming up this weekend uh, with the down east baseball hitting camp going on and uh, ryan and company also do a pitching and catching camp as well that'll be later on so uh, ryan and and the crew does a great job uh, with these camps here in the east let's take a break we'll come back Uh, we will wrap up hour two coming up hour three brian bailey still want to talk college football playoff still want to talk uh nfl from yesterday and uh some mike schwartz as well also we kind of reset um the beginning of the show where we talked about kickoff times for houston basically there's three options out there the pirates could play houston at 11 a.m eastern here in greenville next saturday could be at four o'clock next saturday 11 a.m. on ESPN2, 4 o'clock on the U, and then it could go to plus, which would mean East Carolina would determine the kickoff time. We won't know until uh, Saturday night when the Pirates will play Houston officially. So wanted to throw that out there once again. More to go. PRL back with you on a Monday after this. (laughs) 
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions. David Price Construction, the proud ECU home services partner. Call them today at 919-291-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Clip. Back with you on a Monday edition of Pi Radio Live. Clip Brock, Shirley Rhodes, man of Chan, Chandler Honeycutt here. And what a Saturday in college football. You had three headliners and uh, and some undercards as well. But in those headliners, Georgia uh, took care and really dominated Tennessee 27-13 to the final as Tennessee got a late touchdown. But Georgia kind of cementing themselves as the top team in football. Ohio State fooled around with Northwestern. They were down in the second quarter, 7 nothing, tied at the half. They do win it 21 to 7, but not very impressive. That's why Georgia, when you look at the college football playoff rankings, uh, should be number one on Tuesday night when those are announced. Um, you had Notre Dame hosting Clemson, and shame on me. I told you all week how much I love Notre Dame. I had it in our top 10, top 15 picks. Love the Irish. Congrats on that, by the way. Saturday night something switched something switched uh, i saw the line i think go from like three and a half to four and i just started thinking about it and i i, I don't know i lost the the I, a lot of people were on notre dame and that made me want to switch to clemson all day long i was sitting on notre dame plus four. and then it literally was like 15 minutes before game time i, I was watching it at my dad's uh bar at his seafood bar had my buddy who i hadn't seen in a good while my college roommate who's a big notre dame fan i said hey buddy plus four i like it but what i like even more is notre dame money line and i'm hammering it right now Mm. and boy did it pay off yeah i uh my feelings swapped so i was a loser on a saturday night but a dominant effort by notre dame and uh clemson now in a uh, world of hurt when it comes to the college football playoff. And then Alabama still had a shot. They run through the rest of the SEC. They get Georgia in a title game and beat Georgia. Then, boom, they're back. They're in the championship. They're in the playoff. But not so fast, my friend. They used lose to LSU. And how Family. Brian Kelly. Family. Showing the family jewels putting them on the table family. and family. going for two and getting the two-point conversion in overtime to knock off alabama that was awesome um tcu remains undefeated they are just sticking around they've got a huge game coming up either this week or next week it is this week at texas um on abc seven thirty. now and they finished at Baylor versus Iowa State. I mean, they're, they're going to be favorites in those games. If they beat Texas and run the table, they got to win the Big 12 championship, TCU. How much credit did they get in the Big 12? 
What happens if Oregon keeps winning? Oregon's loan loss, they were blown out by Georgia since then. How about this? They have rolled up. They lost 49-3 to to Georgia week one. Since then, they have scored 70, 41, 44, 45, 49, 45, 42, 49. Every game has been in the 40s except the one where they scored 70. They got Washington, Utah, Oregon State left to go. If they're in the uh, Pac-12 championship, I don't know how the Pac-12 divisions work. Would it, could Oregon and USC face off? Because if that's the case, the one-loss Pac-12 champion has a say in the college football playoff. But then you've got Michigan and Ohio State. And if those two teams run the table, one of them is going to beat the other. So that team is certainly going to be in would the other would the one loss team in that scenario would the ohio state michigan loser be put into the college football playoff i mean i usually i I, for some i don't know i'm really fascinated to see what they do this year so chandler you're probably not prepared for this i'm not give me your four college football playoff teams georgia uh i'd go ohio state didn't look the best on Saturday against a one and seven Northwestern team, but the weather was pretty crappy there. I think I might be um, um, leaning Michigan to beat Ohio State again. I'll probably go Michigan, Tennessee, TCU five. Okay, you're no Tennessee is not going to be. You think Tennessee still gets credit? They're not going to be in the SEC championship. Oh, they're not? That's right. That was for the championship berth. Hmm. All right, I'll have – I guess I'll go TCU if TCU wins TCU, out. TCU if they go undefeated. If, if they win out, then TCU – I'll put them at three, and I'll put Michigan. Now, but we're kind of factoring in what's going to happen. You think the Ohio State-Michigan loser could still get in? Or are you saying as of today? As of today. Okay. Is that what you at? Or you talk about? It? All right. Here's the no. Th- I want to know who's going to be the four when it when it we get to it. Georgia. Yes. Ohio State, Michigan winner. Yes. And I'll I'll go Ohio State with that. Okay. Then Undefeated I'll, TCU. TCU. All right. So here's who's left. The and Big Ten loser. Tennessee is still there. And then Oregon or USC as a one loss team. Or if LSU somehow beats Georgia in the SEC championship, does two loss LSU get in? Good Lord. That's what I'm saying. It's fascinating. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Georgia's going to win it. But who's the fourth team? If you go undefeated SEC, undefeated Big Ten, undefeated Big 12, who's number four? One loss Pac-12, one loss Tennessee, One loss, Clemson. I, 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 I just think Clemson's no, done. No, no, no. Clemson, well, it'll be, it'll be what? Clemson and North Carolina in the ACC championship game? Yeah. One loss, North Carolina? I was just about to say, what about the Tar Heels? No way. No way. Point where, does, where does the Tar Heels stand after yesterday's uh, update on the standings? 
Were they in the top 25? 15th in uh, AP, 14th in coaches poll. Wow. Man, a lot to be determined. And it's not been like this in years past because we've had like a pretty stamped top four by this time in college football. Am I correct? Or has there there been this many scenarios since college football playoffs has been a thing? I think that's why I might be even more into it this year because it is so wide open and there's still so much more to go. And if Texas beats TCU on Saturday night, which they might be favored in that game, I haven't looked at the line, then that opens up another window. That means that the Big Ten loser, Ohio State-Michigan, has a crack at it. That means Tennessee is still alive, and they just got to hope that there's a Pac-12 loss for USC and Oregon somewhere along the way. Let me uh, check real quick. 7.30. Yeah, Texas is favored by 7 against undefeated TCU on Saturday night. It's in Austin. So that's why I'm fascinated by this. Usually I don't care. This year I'm kind of I'm all in and it, it's changing week to week so it's fun. And I mean it's happening because you have uh, you have games like the Notre Dame game where Clemson's knocked out. I mean I mean beat up bad by yeah. Notre Dame at home. And then I still it, thought if Texas goes on to do I mean a 7 point favorite in Austin, I guess I guess I could see the Longhorns being the favorite there at home, but I mean say they live up to the expectations of uh, of Vegas and and knock off TCU then there goes another chance, you know. It's just it's continuing to unwind each and every week, and and it's all because of these great matchups. It matters when you lose, and Oregon lost early, but has ran the table since and could find themselves back in it. And I, I am interested to see if the if there's another loss here and there, because man, Tennessee looks like one of the best four teams in the country to me. Do they could they sneak back in? I certainly think they could. I mean, they're fifth right now in the AP poll and the coaches poll. The uh, college football playoff poll will come out on Tuesday. So uh, I don't know. Just I, I'm fascinated by it. By the way, Tulane, the highest ranked uh, group of five team, 16th in AP, 17 in coaches. Other group of five teams in the top 25. Wow, there's only one more. And it is Hugh Freeze and the Liberty Flames sitting at 8-1. and one. That is it. Cincinnati on the cusp. They are practically 26th in the AP, 27th in the coaches poll. East Carolina didn't play this weekend, and we lost our two votes. Man. We had two votes last week. Ah, what have you done for me lately? They are uh, not receiving any votes, but can certainly receive quite a bit of them if they knock off Cincinnati on Friday night. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk to BB, Brian Bailey. We will uh, hear what Mike Schwartz had to say earlier today. Also, I want to dive into some NFL and recap Sunday. We'll do all of that, plus what's on your mind. You can check in Facebook Live or YouTube. Make sure you give us a like, a sub. And we'll be back with more Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Warren Sharp on Twitter posted, uh, well, I asked Chandler off the top of your head, Frank Wright. Matt Rule fired. What do those two teams have in common the last three years? What's something they've done that uh, maybe led to their firings? Now, the Colts have been a little better than the Panthers, but what did both of those teams do in the last three years? Only win 10 games. Well, maybe they did that because, which the Colts, I thought the Colts have been more competitive. They both brought in different retread quarterbacks on an annual basis rather than find a guy and try to build with them. Colts go Rivers, Wentz, Ryan, Rule, and the Panthers went Bridgewater, Darnold, Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Which is... Wow. Uh, uh, not that you and Tony needed to be warned, but I I waved the signal flag early that life with uh, quarterback carousel, rotating QBs, when you don't have your guy, it's not fun. It's not fun, and it will cost your head coach's job. <laughs> and it, uh, it costs those guys as they have brought in different QB. And guess what? Ron Rivera, you might be on the chopping block, bringing in different quarterbacks every year, starting a new quarterback. And then what they do is they just end up going with Heineke. And it's fun for a while, and then it's not so fun. Heineke! Yeah, not, not today. Uh, for a while, I was ready for that. But a brutal fourth quarter for Washington yesterday. We'll talk a little NFL later on. Right now, we'll get to Double B, Brian Bailey, who joins us on the Pit Electric Live line. BB, how you doing today? Doing great. How are you? Fantastic. And uh, coming off a bye week, getting ready for another week of Pirate football. It'll be Friday night against Cincinnati. And uh, I don't know, man, just uh, hearing folks, uh, seeing what people are saying on the message boards, uh, it's a it's kind of a big game feel to it. People are excited that uh, the Pirates are playing big-time, high-stakes football games this late in the year. going to be fun. Yeah, Coach Houston said it last week that he's always preached to his teams, you know, they remember November. And I think that that's what he really wants this team to, you know, to accomplish, three games in the month of November. Uh, they're at six and three. We all look at the uh, the past accomplishments of this team and know that they could just as easily have been eight and one. Uh, but you can't go back and put the toothpaste back in the tube. You got to make the most of this six and three. And if they could, you know, they could somehow win out and get a little help, they could play in the American Conference Championship game. And what a great turnaround story that would be. Yeah, still alive. Uh, still a chance to do that. And East Carolina needs to do their part by winning out the rest of the way. That would be wins over Cincinnati, Houston, and Temple. Bailey, uh, what do you think about the line? Uh, Cincinnati, a six-point favorite against East Carolina. They are really good at home. Haven't lost at home in a long, long time. And uh, a six-point favorite on Friday night. And they've won 31 straight at home. And that's the second uh, longest current home winning streak. Clemson is the only team that has won more. 
uh, games in a row at home. So, yeah, that's a lot of games, 31 straight at home. They've played really, really good football at home. Uh, they've dominated this conference. I didn't realize that in the all-time series, the Pirates actually lead by a game. But when you think back about it, when I first got here in the mid-'80s, Cincinnati wasn't very good, and the Pirates took them to the woodshed a bunch uh, leading up and then into Conference USA days. But uh, of late, Cincinnati has uh, turned the tables on East Carolina, has been pretty dominant. So I'm looking forward to it. It does have a big game feel. I mean, I think we all realize that, that this Pirate team is going to a bowl game, but they've got bigger aspirations. They've got a fifth-year starter, a quarterback in Holt Nailers. They've got really good uh, – you know, players on Keaton Mitchell and you know, Isaiah Winstead. They've got a defense that's played really, really well most of the season. And I think that they they really think they've got a chance to go up there and get a win. Brian Bailey joining us, Pitt Electric Live Line, here on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. You mentioned Clemson a moment ago. Their home winning streak continues, but uh, their road losing streak uh, sits at one after losing to Notre Dame on Saturday night. Major shakeup in the college football playoff with what went down. Georgia knocking off Tennessee uh, the way they did. Notre Dame uh, beating Clemson and LSU kind of putting the death nail in Alabama. Bama still had a shot if they made it to the championship, knocked off uh, Georgia, had a chance, but now two losses for Alabama. So uh, a lot of shakeup in the uh, in the college football playoff potentials uh, from Saturday night. And how much fun was that on Saturday to have it off? Off Saturday, you just kind of kick back and watch games and enjoy them, and it was a lot of fun. That LSU decision, you know, to go for two and go for the win right there, which which I've never been a big fan of. But the more I, I think about it and analyze it and look at it, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of you know, overtimes three and four just being two point conversions. I, I I don't like that at all. So maybe you do. You just put you know the game's on the line, but there's so much on the line in that one play. But basically, that's what it's going to come down to anyway. So you might as well go ahead and get it over with. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Maybe Brian Kelly had confidence in one two-point conversion. Like you said, if they'd have kept going to overtimes, they would have had to empty the playbook. But he had his one. He was ready to go. And uh, a huge win for him in year one down there in Baton Rouge. Uh, now we, we see you know what, what happens from here. Does Bama even make the... The championship, the SEC championship, with two uh, losses now on the west side of things, and and where does Tennessee? I mean, uh, are they on the outside looking in at this thing at this point? It kind of depends on um, what TCU does in the Big Twelve. You know, does Oregon get back and play in the Pac twelve? A lot of a lot of questions. Does Michigan and Ohio State get in? Does the loser of that game get in? So uh, it's pretty fascinating to talk about now when you you look at this college football playoff. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you got, I don't think you mentioned USC. They still got to be around there somewhere uh, trying to get in. So uh, I think when you look at everything that's, that's involved, uh, you, you know, again, remember November, but that's what's going to be playing out. You know, the SEC probably, you know, still looking at two slots, but they may not be able to get them now. USC still has at UCLA, who is ranked pretty high, and then uh, Notre Dame. So they can pick up two wins there and then win the Pac-12 championship. And who knows, maybe uh, Oregon or USC out of the Pac-12 could be in the college football playoff. A lot of fun uh, to follow week to week with upsets and with big things happening. Bailey, uh, I'll talk a little NFL. Um, the Commanders, man, once again, have a chance to – to win a big game at home like they did against Tennessee a few weeks ago. And 
some Ron Rivera questionable timeout usage and challenges kind of hurt him down the stretch there. And, of course, uh, the terrible penalty on a field goal attempt didn't help him either. But the Vikings' Kirk Cousins goes back there, picks up a win on Sunday and another wild NFL Sunday. How about the Bills losing to the Jets? You, you just never know with this thing. And I was surprised at the schedule the way it was. I guess with the teams that, that are under buys, but uh, with just the, the two afternoon games. Oh, it stunk. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't very good, even though the Tampa Bay Rams game turned out to be good because uh, Tom Brady decided to play the last 45 seconds or so, and he got him in the end zone and got the win. But still, that was uh, – yeah, those two games weren't very good. But the early games were fun to watch, and, and they were, you know, again, another nice day just to sit around, watch a little football. And uh, I was kind of relaxed because my Cowboys didn't have to play, so – how sick are you if you're the Rams? I mean, you you control that game pretty much throughout, and then you give the ball back to Tom Brady, and I'm sure they tried. It sure as heck didn't look like they tried. They just gave up play after play after play, and and then I mean, it looked way too easy for Brady and the Bucks there at the end. It really did, and and you know, in that situation, you hear coaches say all the time, "You're defending the sideline because that's where they want to throw it to get out of bounds." If they throw it and don't get out of bounds, the game's almost over. So, I mean, they knew where they were going to throw the ball, and they acted like that they had no idea that they were going to run a little sideline route. And they ran, what, three of them to get down close? I mean, it, it was it was like a hot knife through butter how easy that went. And compare, Especially if you compare the rest of the game, yeah. that Tampa Bay couldn't do anything, and then all of a sudden the magic just, uh, just, just appeared and they – right down the field brian bailey joining us monday night football tonight uh interesting matchup you got the ravens at baltimore at uh, new orleans and the ravens are a slight road favorite in that game tonight we'll have it here for you right here on pirate radio bailey a lot of the sports intersecting uh with basketball on here in the pirate radio studios east carolina tipping off uh taking on mercer on tuesday night a lot of unknowns with this basketball team and, uh, you, you know, we'll, I guess we'll find out on Tuesday and uh, these next few weeks who's in the rotation for Mike Schwartz, who's he going to be counting on, because I don't know uh, the answer to that, and I don't know if he knows 100% the answer to that right now. Yeah, I would say these first couple of games are going to be a learning process for a lot of the uh, the coaching staff and for the players as well, because, you know, this is basically a whole new program. Uh, I've had so many people come up to me that have been able to go to practice you know, gotten permission to go in and watch a little bit of practice, and and just they come out raving about what a what a really hard nosed blue collar coach that Mike Schwartz is, and that you know they 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 think the players believe in him, and and it's going to take a great effort. I mean, wins are going to be hard to come by, especially in this first year, but uh, they're going to start with defense. I mean, if you play defense for Mike Schwartz, you'll play some, and I think that that's what we're going to see starting with game one tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to, to seeing them out there and, and seeing this new. Fire basketball team and the ladies they tip it off tonight so we get to see a little bit of that coming up and uh what duke carolina state all playing tonight as well that the bit it got busy all of a sudden <laughs> and i know uh you're you're not you know you're still in football mode and you've got football to watch and football to cover with east carolina and the high school playoffs and everything but basketball uh well they don't care they don't wait uh it's going on so uh, it should be a lot of fun this year following that as well. And then you got some baseball, Purple Gold World Series going on uh, this past weekend at Clark LeClaire as Cliff Godwin's guys playing a little fall ball here before they get ready to kind of take a break 
uh, before the real deal gets kicked off coming up in February. Yeah, I tell you, I went out there on Saturday and got some of the highlights, and that was it was such a beautiful day. And Sunday was a beautiful day. I mean, you know, how many times do you play a, a Purple Gold World Series in November when you're getting 75 and 80 and 85 degrees? It was really, really nice. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the Pirates have a program now where they don't rebuild, they just reload. And there was a lot of talent out there. And I'm anxious to hear from Coach Godwin later on to see, you know, what kind of parts he's looking for. Uh, he was talking to me and said he really likes the pitching staff, and they pitch really well in this World Series. But he said they have a chance to be really deep on the mound, and you can see it with some of those guys. I mean, you know, p- pitching is, is so vital. I told him, you know, they always say you can't, you never can have enough pitching. And uh, I think he's really pleased with his staff right now. Brian Bailey joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Great edition of the Brian Bailey Show, talking high school football uh, with area coaches still alive and with newly named uh, South Central football coach, who's also the basketball coach, Chris Cherry. Bailey, uh, what game or two uh, are the best this weekend? What games uh, are you looking forward to? Well, it looks like that most of the action is going to move to Thursday, which is unfortunate because you know, I, I'm just an advocate for Friday night football, but obviously if, if it, I think this tropical storm Nobody really knows what it's going to do, and I think the reason they're moving to Thursday is because if it comes in and they have to cancel Thursday, they can move to Friday. They really don't want to go to Saturday unless they have to, but they got to get these playoff games in. But, you know, you look at, at some of the matchups around the area, the Jacksonville-Havlock game, you know, two teams from that uh, big Carolina 3A, 4A playing against one another, that's going to be huge. Uh, I think Rose High is going to have a really tough test down at the undefeated 71st squad, so keep an eye on that one. But but Rose, you know, with Will Blanda's coach, has, has shown before they can get hot in the playoffs and go a long way. So I think that that's, a, that's another thing you can look forward to. Man, a ton going on. Great time to be a sports fan. Brian Bailey joining us here on Pirate Radio Live. BB, we'll uh, check you out later. Have a, When are you guys heading to uh, Cincinnati? Sometime around noon on Thursday, and so we'll uh, we'll head to Cincinnati then. Game time eight o'clock on Friday night, which is kind of kind of a late start for us. We'll Trying to get stuff back for the eleventh, so we won't be able to get anything back, you know, because those games take three and a half and four hours, and it'll be early on Saturday morning before the team gets back to Greenville. But uh, hopefully, the team comes back to Greenville with a big W on the plane. That'd be fun. And uh, I'm we'll make our predictions later in the week. I'm I'll put this out there. I'm gonna say. This team from North Carolina that plays in that stadium uh, coming up Friday will play better than the one that played in that stadium on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> that was ugly. 35 to nothing. 35 to zip before you could even get your popcorn. <laughs> Bailey, thanks for joining us, man. That was good. Thank you. There's BB. You can hear the Brian Bailey Show coming up in about 35 minutes right here on Pirate Radio. We will take a break. Come back. Tell you what, Shirley. You want to uh, break out an old booty bag? Yeah. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right. 317-1250, the number. What caller are we looking for today, Shirley? I'm going to go with lucky number seven. And what are we giving away? How about a $15 gift card to A.J. McMurphy? All right. We'll be there Wednesday night with sports trivia with football on, hoops on. going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you can be a winner right now if you're caller number seven. Quick update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. James Madison 
can crack a hundred with a bucket here. And I'm stalling to see if they can do it. So I can report their score. Baseline drive, kick out, three is uh, no good. Oh, rebound. Putback's good. James Madison, 100. Valley Forge, 18. <laughs> 100 to 18. The Dukes Oh my on top gosh. of Valley Forge. Rough start to the season for Valley Forge. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. You're a winner. We're back after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine has been caring for Pirate Nation and the student-athletes at East Carolina University for more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU. Orthopedics East provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients in eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. And congratulations to Brad Woodard of Farmville. Picked up a $15 gift card to AJ McMurphy's, the best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ's. They have daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. And there's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. John Moody, a Pirate Radio seasoned veteran. It's getting dark early. It's November. And John asking any uh, treasure chest news to share. Treasure chest updates. He's getting ready for treasure chest season. Shirley Chandler, do we have any news to share? Uh, We've got some big prizes in the treasure chest that i know is coming up we we can't reveal what they are just yet but uh, i can tell you that it is stuffed to the gills with some fabulous prizes and also i am on the sales trail trying to get some more to be added to the treasure chest this year um but uh, yeah we're gonna have a uh a treasure chest full of awesome goodies awesome prizes for you guys to win in the month of december that is coming up in december as well as 40 bowls in 14 days 40 bowls in 14 days 14 days 14 days it's coming up next month get ready folks next month and guess what east carolina will be in one of those yes they will baby what bowl will it be we shall see how about a uh championship game in december for east carolina to play how about it and according to Johnny Robertson, if we go by the Johnny Robertson path to the uh, conference championship, we will have a home conference championship <laughs> in Greenville, North Carolina. He's How- handling that. Um, yes, ma'am. I'm looking for the um, the the path to a, to an ECU conference championship in Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, yes, yes, sir. It is down the hall and to the left, and you will be asking for Mr. Johnny Robertson. He is in control of all of those scenarios. In that department. 
and that sort of deal. <clears throat> Tuesday night, the Pirates will tip it off on the hardwood. East Carolina taking on Dub Bears of Mercer. And uh, Mike Schwartz talked to the media for one last time before his team takes the court on Tuesday, and uh, we will hear what he had to say earlier today. Here, uh, obviously, it's come up quick. We've been getting ready for this since April, and uh, I think it's the most exciting year for college basketball opening night. And you know, we don't get to play tonight, but we play tomorrow, so uh, just a great time of year for college basketball. Your first game as a, as a head coach, any any nerves, any, uh, any excitement? Probably both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah definitely excited. Mm-hmm. I think, but uh, you know, I, I, this is my twenty fourth year in it, so I've had a chance to be a part of a lot of uh, opening nights and first games, and so I think that's exciting for everybody, players, coaches. It doesn't matter if you're a head coach, an assistant, a player. It, it's just an exciting time of year. So, uh, absolutely, and, and just looking forward to tomorrow night. Adding to that, as your guys are putting their uniforms on, as you're getting dressed to go out there, I mean, what are some of the emotions you'll have as a head coach? Uh, want us to play and, and do what we practiced, <laughs> you know, just what we've been practicing since April, what we've put the time in this summer, uh, this preseason. And, you know, we just want to go out and execute what we've been doing and, and the identity and the brand of basketball we want to play on both sides of the floor. Uh, you know, we want to execute that uh, at the fullest. You guys have spent so much time practicing. Are you just ready to, to roll the ball out there and see kind of how the guys react? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to term it, Stephen, as roll the ball out there, but I think we're definitely ready to face someone else. I think this is around the country when you get to this point. College basketball has now become a year-round sport. You're practicing all summer. You're practicing, you know, so in the spring. And so what happens is you get to this time of year and you definitely know your guys are ready to face someone else. They're ready to compete against someone else. And, And with that, there'll be a lot of adversity and it'll come quick. But without a doubt, they're just excited to get up and face someone else. Do you have a starting five in mind? I'm sure you might not want to tell us, but do you kind of have that? Yeah, idea? no, it's not about not, not saying anything. You know, th- this is the thing, Stephen, for us. Right now, every single moment we have, whether it's we still have another practice today, we have a meeting tonight, we have a shoot-around tomorrow, every single time we get together as a team, it's still an opportunity for us to get better and our guys to grow. So there's still... You know, yeah, we have some guys in mind, and we think we know, you know, where it's looking. But right now, our guys still every opportunity we have to take advantage to try and get better, and which means guys can, you know, put themselves in a better position as they get closer to uh, seven o'clock tomorrow night. What kind of first game do you expect to go maybe a little deeper in your bench than you were in? Season? Yeah, great point. Probably, you know, you would think so. I think, uh, like Stephen, uh, you do want to see how guys react when the lights come on and they feel, see someone else in front of them. So I think with that, there's a chance that more guys may play or minutes may be divvied up a little bit more. Uh, but once game time comes and you're in the flow of the game, you know, the guys that are getting it done, the guys that are playing, and hopefully we're having some success out there, those will be the guys that, that obviously get, you know, a bulk of the minutes. But probably without a doubt we'll go a little bit deeper earlier in the season just to see what everybody has. What kind of scouting report do you have on Mercer? Do you know about them? Well, I know they're an extremely well-coached team, a really good ball club. Uh, Coach Gary was at Purdue for a long time, and he's one of the most well-respected coaches there is. Um, he's now in his fourth season there. They play a really good round of basketball, a really good offensive team. They've put a lot of time in uh, from what it sounds like this offseason and watching their scrimmage into their defense. They're going to pressure a little bit more than they have in the past, it sounds like. And uh, they have experienced returners. They have guys that scored double digits for them last year. They have some transfers that have come in that were really effective at their prior universities. And they have some incoming freshmen um, that we're going to have to deal with. So really, really good ball club. Very well coached, and it's going to be a great challenge for us. 
you don't expect to have tabs available as far as game action tomorrow? I think it's a lot like we talked about, Stephen, that we're still in that mode where right now we have another practice today, so we'll see how he feels after the practice. We have a shoot-around tomorrow, so he's in that mode. But like I said two weeks ago at, at the introductory uh, tip-off, that he's been cleared for practice. Now it's just a matter of him getting in game shape and where he is and how he recovers day to day. So I think we'll know more closer to tomorrow after shoot around. Anybody else that could be not available or any other injuries? Well, I look at it like this. We still have another day of practice. I'm just hoping everybody's available tomorrow. We still got a practice today and a shoot around tomorrow. So until seven o'clock tomorrow, we'll see who everybody that's available. But hopefully it will be. I guess y'all had secret scrimmages, not so secret scrimmages this day and age. What did you learn about your team in those outings? Just that our guys really have bought two feet into what we want our identity to be. And that by no means, uh, you know, equates that there was no mistakes or, I mean, there was a lot, a lot of things we got to get better a lot. But what I did see about these guys, and I love this group and really uh, respect the way they bought two feet into our system, what we want to do on defense, what we want to do on offense. And they had a great energy about them. And, you know, now it's a matter of, again, I've said this before, this time of year with the situation we're in, it's not as much what we do, but it's how we do it. But now we're getting to that time of year where what we do and how they have to go together. You know, we have, it's how we do it, but we have to do what we do really well and, and execute in that. So we'll see tomorrow night where that is. You've talked a lot about defense. How do you feel like they've been executing through practice this far? I, I think uh, that part I feel, you know, I think comfortable is the wrong word. I don't think coaches are ever comfortable, or ever feel good about things. But, but I do know this, that if you came to our practices uh, back from April through what we're about to do here in the next 15 minutes and to yesterday, every practice is very physical, is very competitive, and defense is a huge component of that. So, and our guys have bought into that. There's never any moping about it. There's never any uh, trying to do it a different way. They know what the standard is defensively in terms of everyday and practice and that's what you practice for you hope that come game time that that carries over and it doesn't mean and it necessarily will every time but that is what we want our identity to be how excited are you to see the the defensive team feed off a crowd you know a live crowd tomorrow oh no really excited about that and that's what makes college basketball great i'm so excited about the students being in here again i've seen it on film i've been in this building before as we've talked about before uh, i hope it's a fantastic crowd tomorrow night uh, you know there's not going to be a lot of basketball going on tomorrow night i think tonight opening night most of the college teams play in the country Every single NBA team plays uh, in the NBA tonight, all 30 teams. So tomorrow night there's a handful of games, and I know there's a lot going on in the country, which is great, but hopefully that uh, we'll get uh, some Minji's Madness in there tomorrow night. All right, there is Mike Schwartz, fired up, ready to go, two feet in. I've got my two feet in. Chandler, your feet's uh, firmly planted. You got two in? I've got two in right now, and I'm going to have two feet in section 213 tomorrow night. And I will not. Uh, prior engagement. Obligation. You're committed. Cannot be there. Uh, we'll be there for hopefully every other home game this year, but I'm going to need you to really hold down the fort for me. I will do night. that, Clip Brock. I will do that with uh, a lot of pride. A lot of pride. pride. Got to ride the Clip Brock standard. Uh, but yeah, I'll be in there and uh, sitting in section two thirteen, and hopefully seeing a pirate win in game one of the Mike Schwartz era. All right, fired up, ready to go. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. We're back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. Uh, They have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. Carolina Caliber will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, if you uh, (laughs) had James Madison minus 100, you're going to come up a little short. But they are still raining threes. It is 128 or excuse me, 123 to 38. Uh, James Madison leading Valley Forge on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. And would you rather open up with Mercer or Valley Forge? If you're, if you, at just you personally, Chandler, would you rather be in section 213 watching East Carolina versus a team that just lost by 85 points to James Madison or Mercer tomorrow night? Valley Forge well you play so many games i i kind of agree but and it's mike schwartz first game but relatively speaking like who is that fun for though like after a while like that's I think not it even would, it would be a good game to win to by like, 85 it would be a good game to see the ball go through the hoop and, and get, i guess maybe get to know the new guys yeah all right from that standpoint you know what you uh i'm with you normally i would say a mercer because i think that tomorrow night is going to be a close game a, a dog fight like and i'm potentially a loss i'm nervous i'm very nervous mercer I'm, I'm more nervous about ecu mercer tomorrow night than i am ecu cincinnati on friday i would say you're nervous then <laughs> my gosh Are you nervous about Mercer? About yes. Mercer. What about Cincinnati? No. Are you Mercer? <laughs> I'm nervous about Mercer. Have Mercer. <laughs> Have Mercer. Have Mercer. Now, did I hear you say? I, I think I remember this. They knocked off Duke. Who did? Who did? What upset did they have in the? Uh, yeah, they beat Duke in the tournament years ago. Huh. All right, and they are the Mercer Bears yeah look don't disrespect them bro don't disrespect me bro stop disrespecting me bro why would you like, do, don't do that why why would you do that why would they do that i hate that we're not gonna see penny and the boys and Menjis this year why i don't know because it was fun having them last year especially that ending well guess who else won't be here this year the guy who gave us that ending no more Sugboat. Boy, how much fun was that last the year? The Sugboat is ported in Orlando. Yeah, that stinks. That it does. Uh, all right, so NFL yesterday. Uh, shout out to Joe Mixon owners like myself. I had one one win in one of my fantasy leagues. Luckily, uh, Joe Mixon got me win number two. I'm, I'm in a playoff push in the other league, and Mixon help me out he manhandled the panthers yesterday five touchdowns in a 42 to 21 win 
in which P.J. Walker started, Baker Mayfield came in, and Sam Darnold is coming back. So what's your quarterback looking like for uh, this week? You got Thursday night, right? We have Thursday night, and man, am I pumped. All black uniforms. We're going to have the black helmets out for the first time. Man, I am pumped for that. Woo-hoo-hoo! I saw you and being – have... why are you being salty about it? It's just – look, I mean, who cares? <laughs> I mean, who cares? Okay, I hear you. And the tweet was sent out after the loss. Like, yeah. who cares? Uh-huh. And – um, but there is an answer to the quarterback situation coming up on Thursday. It will be P.J. Walker starting at quarterback for the Panthers for the second straight game. Um, actually, the third straight game because he started against Atlanta as well. Uh, so it will be P.J. Walker. Um, Steve Wilkes was asked about it today, and he basically said, I mean, look, uh, P.J. Walker was not the only one to have a bad game. If I'm going to bench players based off of bad games, then – majority of the team will be benched so pj walker will get another chance at starting quarterback for the carolina panthers and if it doesn't work out you could be seeing sam darnold for the first time uh this season he has been activated off the ir they did bring in baker mayfield yesterday when the panthers were down 35 to nothing to start the second half he did throw two touchdowns so congratulations congratulations baker um but it will be pj walker former temple owl getting the start for the fourth straight game on thursday night against the dirty birds and i'll say this all right (laughs) all right pj walker quarterback for the panthers that wasn't a bit this game sure sounded like one it did i got my own soundboard over here i'm a bit guy you are a bit guy i am uh i mean that game's not gonna have much in terms of uh like playoff seating and things like that Maybe for the Falcons, but I do think it'll be a good game Thursday night. I mean, these teams played an epic one two weeks ago. Yes, absolutely. I think they'll play another. I'm kind of looking forward to it, is what I'm saying, in a weird way. Yeah. I know you're not. You don't care, and you shouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say I don't care. I'm going to watch it. Um, But I'm just it, – it's bad. It, you go from – I went on that rant a, few, a couple of weeks ago about not – you know, being in this situation that I've never been in before as a Carolina Panther fan, you go from that to thinking that you have, which you had a chance at the uh, lead in the NFC South division, sole possession of it, that's crushed from you. Then you go out there. I, I literally sat there on Sunday and said, all right, let's come out here, let's play well, let's get a win, and let's go out there on Thursday and let's get a revenge. Let's get revenge on the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And then what I saw yesterday, man, um, I'm just back to that situation where I just I, I'm like, all right, here comes another game. But I am looking forward to seeing what how the Panthers can bounce back and how Steve Wilkes can have these guys ready in a short week after a absolute shellacking in Cincinnati on on Sunday. So we'll see. And uh, I, I just want to beat the Falcons because man, I'm telling you, probably one of the worst fan bases in football. <laughs> Surely our Dolphins. Are looking good. <laughs> I love how it says our dolphins. Oh wait, that's right. When the dolphins are winning, it's no, our dolphins. No, 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 when no, the no, dolphins no, no. are losing, it's my dolphins. Going into the year, I was high on the dolphins, and I was high on the dolphins with all of their players available. So when Tua's available and when he plays, they're your dolphins all the time, but they're my dolphins <laughs> when that team shows up. And when that team has showed up this year, Tua and the weapons, they are undefeated. 
undefeated. They are the real deal. And when all those guys are playing, they're our Dolphins. So our Dolphins with a great win yesterday on the road at Chicago. Justin Fields looking good, too, by the way. 178 rushing yards. Uh, that was a fun game in Chicago. He's really showing and off I his athleticism And I didn't get to see now. a doggone minute of it. Nah, well, them, them the breaks. I mean, it just irritates me that the Dolphins, do, as well as they have played, they don't get the TV time. I mean, seriously, did you want to watch the Bucks? And uh, no, who did they play? The Rams. The Rams. Thank you. That pillow fight. Now the Jets Bills game was actually kind of entertaining. Yeah, that was actually a good game. But it would have been nice to have been able to see. Oh, and the Panthers. Who did they play? The Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you had Panthers Bengals on one channel. You had the Jets Bills game on another channel. I mean, come on, people, use the flex schedule. Find other games we, instead of being so rigid on... I mean, I know that Fox probably has some sort of regional deal where they carry the Panthers games, but... Well, yeah, they're always going to have the Panthers. Yeah, that's all. But that's a given. Can we can we find another chance... Something. I, I wanted might, to watch the Dolphins-Bears game, and I could not watch it. We might get Dolphins on Sunday. The 1 o'clock CBS games are Broncos-Titans, Jags-Chiefs, browns dolphins texans giants those are the one o'clock uh we'll probably get what saints steelers on fox seems like we always get the steelers yeah that's so that'll what probably usually, be fox yeah so i think we might there's a chance surely you get your dolphins uh this week so you're saying there's a chance we'll find out wednesday i think those uh tv maps come out and then the national game aaron Rodgers. Number one on the dumpster juice list after throwing three interceptions against the Lions. They, well, we knew that the Lions were due for a win. They're just a scrappy team that, you know, for whatever reason, just can't get the wins to, to pull together. But you're right. It's an absolute dumpster fire in Green, Green Bay right now. They take on the Cowboys. Ooh. Sunday night football, Chargers, Niners. Monday night football, the NFC Beast. Is on display. Commanders at Eagles. Great game. Hey, I thought you were talking about the tonight, but that you're talking about next. Oh, week. I'm looking at next week. Yeah, I yeah. like tonight's matchup because the it's Raven a Saints unique matchup. Yeah. They don't play a lot, and the Saints are good at home. Ravens are trying. We did the is this team good exercise on Friday, and I think the Ravens are borderline. Win tonight, they slide in get a lead and blow it like they've done uh, too many times this year tonight they're out and it that's fair this is a high stakes game for the raiders raiders or ravens ravens i like the ravens thank you charlie i have faith in the ravens i'll i have so much faith in them that i just drove up while y'all were talking to virginia and put them down minus one and a half you got the ravens tonight all right fair enough we will see you fine people Three o'clock Tuesday for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live for Shirley Rhodes, Chan Man, and the crew. I am Clip Brock. Talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.